Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Ty? Hi. Ty? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. He's a cool cat, man. I got a little taco meat on my chest. But I grabbed a handful of lunch meat and shoved it <laughs> down my teammate's throat. I'm a former long snapper. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. At the Burlington... Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what the f*** just happened. Did not flub at all. It send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host... Clip Brock. All right, welcome into Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Clip Brock here with you. Big show on tap on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. Like us on Facebook and uh, be a part of the family. All right, uh, coming up on today's show, a lot of guests to get to. So Marcus Crandall heading out of town for a couple weeks, but we have been banking some awesome interviews to run, especially if you're an old Pirate football fan, and we got a couple of those coming your way today. Coming up in about 20 minutes or so, you'll hear from Doug Martin, former East Carolina assistant. He is now coaching in the USFL, so we'll talk about his time with the New Orleans Breakers, his time as a head coach in college football, and some ECU memories coming up. Coach Doug Martin, Marcus Crandall here in about 25 minutes or so at four o'clock we'll talk to brandon manning former pirate recapping the ecu baseball season the charlottesville regional looking ahead to next year on our farm bureau ecu baseball report got that coming your way at four o'clock at around 4 25 we'll play a special edition of name that sound shirley has to leave we're gonna have chandler here i know possibly big dog maybe wes I don't know who's going to be playing in this game. We might have to pull an intern or two in here. Uh, but I did create an all-star game uh, round of Name That Sound. We'll play that coming up in hour number two. And in hour three, Marcus Crandall and former East Carolina linebacker. He was voted uh, on the second team all ECU linebackers list when they held that vote about 10 or so years ago. Pernell Griffin will join us on the show, catch up with him. What is he up to today? Talk about some great pirate memories with the great pirate linebacker so got a lot of ecu football talk coming your way today among other things we got shirley Rhodes here we got chandler here the big dog glenn griffin we got our interns uh joey and connor hanging out as well and uh also we'll get to you and uh, talk about what you want to discuss here on this thursday so we had something happen last night um a few steps away from the pirate radio studios uh a bear and i thought about robbie anderson saying what's that bear doing shirley or what is that bear doing what's the bear doing what's the bear doing what is that bear doing give me just a second i was not prepared for all what's the bear doing what's that bear doing (laughs) i don't know robbie it was hanging out in front of ube you may have seen the video uh, on Barstool, on social media, or shared on Pirate Radio, or all the other outlets that shared it. Uh, but I don't know. Always weird, exciting, scary to see a bear out in uh, not in the woods. To see a bear in anywhere is a little freaky, but to see it hanging out downtown Greenville uh, certainly even freakier. And I, I don't, I don't know how we got this, but help the bear. Thank you, Mystical. Help the bear. We. 
apparently have the bear on the pirate radio live line i think big dog hooked this up uh he's got a lot of different channels glenn's helped us out with some interviews with the big donkey uh last week clinton yates from espn so glenn has his back channels where he has a, a big rolodex and was able to contact eddie the bear i believe is his name joining us on the pirate radio live line hello eddie Hope the hippo it's a pleasure <laughs> you talk uh, like a caucasian male uh that's kind of shocking to me uh eddie uh where are you currently um, I'm just trying to nap off this hangover, man. Last night really got away from me fast, as you could tell. Yeah, so uh, what the heck were you doing at UBE and, and in downtown Greenville? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to rewind a little bit. I mean, UBE is really the, the climax of the whole evening there. I mean, you, you know, the night started off, um, you know, I was I was going out to Sub Dogs just to get a bite to eat. You know, my, my old lady's been nagging me. Um, yeah, I, t- I told her I would lay off the midweek drinking a little bit, right? Uh, so I was going to Sub Dogs to get a bite to eat. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I like going to downtown Greenville because, you know, us bears, we love honey. I'm going to check out the honeys, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I heard Sub Dogs was the spot for that. So, uh, you know, we go for a bite to eat. Next thing you know, I'm getting a drink or two. And then, uh, yeah, the, the last thing I remember is 1 a.m. and I'm getting cut off by the bartender, right? Uh, I wake up this morning and all my buddies are sending me this video of me running around downtown Greenville at UBE. I don't got a shirt on. I don't have my shoes. You didn't have anything on. You were straight up bare naked out there. I, I straight up naked. I got nothing on. I don't remember how this happened. Right. The last thing I remember is I'm at sub dogs getting cut off. I've had one too many rumplement shots. Uh, I lost my wallet. I, I lost my phone clip. I'm talking to you on my buddy's phone here. I, I don't know where any of my stuff is. I mean, it just got away from me. When you say your buddies, your old lady, are those also bears? Are they humans? Is it a mix of the two? Like, who do you roll with? All bears. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, uh, All bears. Nature Strictly nature crew, yeah. So when you show up at a sub dogs, or, I mean, you saw the reaction to the the video people were shocked people were scared like uh, i mean how do you even hang out at public places like that well you know it's nice they don't really know how to i mean between me and you and we'll just keep it between me and you i'm not even old enough to drink but they don't really know how to idea bear um so th- it does have its perks um but you know when you're running around like a drunk buffoon it can be a little bit uh frightening so uh you know there's there, there's some give and take there's some pros and cons there but um yeah yeah it's it, it's a little bit of an interesting interaction between me and the the common folk in greenville that's for sure um mike p wants to know did you take an uber home oh boy you know only only you know only the lord knows that right like i said the, the last thing i remember is i'm at sub dogs getting cut off and then i, you know, I wake yeah. up and and people are showing me this video of me so i i hope so right that'd be the responsible thing to do but it seems like i wasn't being responsible last night so i i guess that casts a shadow of doubt on that yeah so uh you a pirate fan like what why are you uh why are you here you know in eastern north carolina hanging out i mean like, like i told you earlier clip i mean us bears love honey and you know i like going downtown and scouting out the honeys so. you're you're proud of that line huh bringing that one back yeah, yeah. I mean, you ask a question. I mean, this is an interview, right? It is. It is, and you've got your talking points, and you're sticking to them. <laughs> How, what do you think of Bear, like Winnie the Pooh? Oh, you know what? Why did Winnie the Pooh have a shirt on but no bottoms? That always bothered me. 
Yeah, I mean, when he when he kind of let this free flag fly, uh, that's kind of not really my style. You saw like like a rip of commando going downtown. Yeah, um, but you know, when he's kind of like, I think it's kind of like Squidward inspired that look for Winnie the Pooh, the the, the shirt with no pants. Yeah, um, Squidward tentacles from SpongeBob. I think he kind of gave Winnie that idea. So you watch cartoons? How are you? Do you have like electricity out there where you live? Um, you know, it, it depends, you know, sometimes I'll go on the grid and break into people's houses and get some electricity, but, but typically, uh, in, in my place, or, you know, my residence, I, I do not. I don't know if I have any other questions for you. Anybody, uh, Chandler, big dog, y'all have any questions for Eddie the bear? Where'd you get his sub dogs, Eddie? Um, yeah, I usually just go with the New York dog, you know, that, that's, that's my go-to New York dog and a, a pitcher of a uh, pitcher of beer. And I know Eddie, I know you were you probably don't remember this eddie as you said you woke up this morning of your friends showing you the video of you trying to get the, get into ube um if you could remember i mean what is it that you were trying to get into ube for if you could remember i mean looking at the video what i mean what makes sense what were you going to try to get into ube for if, if i had to guess you know the powder purples have been a, a hot commodity in the streets the powder purple jerseys that the baseball team wore haven't been able to get my hands on one of those, so I, I, you know, probably trying to get my hands on one of those. Um, you know, maybe I could go with the kind of like the Winnie the Pooh look with the shirt, no pants look. If I could get a powder purple, maybe EBE could hook that up. Oh, you were naked. You were trying to get clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So I'm just trying, just trying to cover up and be respectable, right? Green rules. Uh, Not I, trying to be like Winnie out here in the streets, no drawers on. I'm trying to have a little bit of decorum. Absolutely. You wear boxers or briefs normally? Just curious. Um, typically just uh, a jock strap. Hmm. Interesting. He yeah, bare, he lets his bear cheeks out. I've never talked to a bear before, so this is uh, pretty exciting. Christian said Eddie probably feeling uh, grizzly today. So we got a lot of puns. We got a lot of wordplay going on out there, Eddie. You want to drop your honey line one more time for us? Yeah, did you catch that earlier? <laughs> I do have a question about the honey, though. What does the old lady think about the honey? Yeah, really? How are you, what in the world? I heard female black bears were larger than the male black bear, and so this could be a problem for you. Do you like them big? Yeah, I mean, yeah, when we cross over to the, the sup pups and the and the bear thing, there's kind of like an unwritten rule that that's okay in the, in the bear. Ah, uh, different oh, species. He's got a hall pass. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think that's what you guys would call it. Yeah, so there's kind of an unwritten rule that that's okay. A cave pass. Like a, what's that? A cave pass, if you will. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, uh, what was that old adage? It's like, uh, uh, it'll come back to me. <laughs> All right. I think this has run its course. Eddie, uh, what are you going to do? Go back into hibernation now? I mean, I think I need to. I think I need to sober up, do that. Probably can't show my face downtown at any of the bars for quite a while. So, probably should um, stay low for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably my best course of action there, unfortunately. So, we'll see. I'll probably make a cameo here soon. You can't keep me away from the booze for too long. But, um, you know, and, and until next time. You'll, you'll, you'll know when I'm back out, that's I, for sure. I do have one final question, uh, kind of inspired by Pike on YouTube. Does a bear crap in the woods? We'll do it just about anywhere. Doesn't really matter to you? To, to a bear like me, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'll, I'll go anywhere. All right. There you go. Eddie the bear. Eddie, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Big uh, big PRL fan. 
Um, you know, love what you're doing there. Um, you know, Clip, Glenn, Ellerby. Uh, glad we got that guy Troy out of here now. Wasn't really a big fan of him. So, uh, love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Uh, go Pirates. All right, call in after the uh, football game this year. We'd love to hear from you on the fifth quarter. Yep, yep. I'll let it roar. All right, there he is, Eddie. So glad he's a Chandler Honeycutt fan. Yeah, did not give Chandler a shout out by name. That found that he's, interesting. I, got, I still got him on the line if he's still on. You want to give Eddie? Chandler- uh, would you like to give Chandler a shout out at all? Or you want to just keep him out of it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> losing re- reception. <laughs> wow. All right. Not a Chandler fan. All right. All right, Eddie. That's fine. I mean, you can't be all people to all bears, Chandler. That's right. I'm you can't saying. be all. You know. Not everybody likes everybody. Not every animal likes every human. Well, I could tell you uh, if me and Eddie ever got in a fight. Help the bear! Classic, <laughs> mystical, help the bear. <laughs> if you ever see me fighting uh, in the woods, fighting a grizzly bear, help the bear. Um, and what did Robbie Anderson say? What's that man doing? By the way, what is Robbie Anderson's name? Like Precious or Chosen. something? Chosen. Chosen Anderson what yeah he's he didn't a, know that he changed his name robbie yeah. anderson is now chosen anderson i feel like you can't do the chosen thing because there was because of lebron has the chosen tattoo and that supersedes it all by like 20 years hmm. cam newton's son's also named chosen once again a fraud What's that man doing? i think that's weird that not that he probably named himself after cam's son but you which i guess him and cam weren't teammates though but it's still kind of weird. It's very weird. The whole thing. He's weird. I think it puts a lot of pressure on a kid when it's like, you know, you start out with that. Oh, yeah. There used to guy be a guy. He went to Maryland. Who am I thinking of? It was like, I might be getting my... Are you thinking about the coldest? <laughs> no, but that's awesome. Cam and Robbie were teammates for like a short while. For a little bit. For sure? In for terms sure, of? In terms of being teammates. There was a guy named Wonderful Terrific Mons, but I think he was a baseball player. Maybe I'm thinking of Majestic Map from Maryland. Majestic Map? Majestic Map. That's a thing, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, there's been some uh, some weird names. All right, uh, Eric said the ball just didn't choose him when it's in the air. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, Mike P said, how does Eddie not give a shout out to the guy with honey in his name? You're right. He kept going back to that one line, the one line that was working for him and couldn't even come up with a, a honey cut joke. He was hung over. Yeah, I guess his, uh, synapses were not firing. They were not firing at all. Um, Jamie asking, does the bear expect to graduate from ECU? I don't think the bear is enrolled. Uh, in fact, we don't know how old that bear is. We, we do I didn't not. Ask. I do not believe it is enrolled, though. I yeah. heard that he didn't get in. Who told Where did you hear that? I just heard that from people since last night. I have heard rumors he did not have a grade. Who are y'all talking to? Other bears. <laughs> people that were at Subdogs with Eddie. All right. They got to know Eddie at Sup Dogs. We got to take a break. We got a lot of show to get to, including some, uh, I don't know. We like to bring kind of everything to everyone. We just had a ridiculous interview with a fake bear. We'll talk to a real coach, uh, Doug Martin, coming up. Brandon Manning, former Pirate, will join us to talk some baseball. We got Name That Sound. ECU great Pernell Griffin and ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall. So, little nonsense little uh pirate legends lot coming up on today's edition of pirate radio live also a new podcast starting tonight on pirate radio shirley Rhodes hosting 
her very own hosted and produced podcast storytellers she'll talk to amy gardner pitt community college head softball coach and uh she's just gonna get to know people in the area so that's coming up at six o'clock amy gardner pitt community college softball coach and shirley rhodes one-on-one more to go pirate radio live back with you christian says you know the bears favorite alcoholic drink white claws eh? no chandler's shaking his head no sorry christian back with you pirate radio live after this listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by pirate water get ready to party pirates go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure 21 and older only pirate water why be yourself when you can be a pirate now back to the show all right welcome back to the program grab your amigos and head to chico's for the best mexican food of fun in greenville come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos steak and chicken fajitas burritos enchiladas acp and more Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates for Mexican food and fun. It's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to-go. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, John Moody, uh, P1 listener, been around since day one, has turned into a, a TV schedule guy. He is on top of all the TV schedules. Saw him put in our Facebook feed that ECU Marshall has been set for a 4 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU. So we'll... Uh, look to confirm that but the first thing i thought of when i saw that is that is the absolute worst time for someone who does a pre-game and post-game show because that is an entire day um kind of wiped out on a saturday i as the older i get the more i love the noon kickoffs uh but four o'clock that's a good time for the fans right like that's uh get good tailgating time the game might be a little hot when it kicks off and hopefully cools off by the end of it uh, but as a fan, I used to like uh, a 3.30, 4 o'clock start. Uh, I like a night game as well. But now, the earlier the better for me being selfish. But that's a good ESPNU, good uh, good draw for the Pirates. So uh, thank you, John, for passing that along. All right, uh, we've got a lot more to get to on today's show. But um, once, uh, once again, Marcus Crandall, uh, he's been doing a great job setting up some great interviews for us, and we've really enjoyed the conversations we've had so far. And we've got some more coming up. Coming up Friday, uh, our chat with the great Carlester Crumpler coming up, who uh, his son, Carlester Jr., played here, Algie Crumpler, course uh, had a long nfl career and isaiah crumpler the latest crumpler uh the latest son of carl Esther, will be going to rutgers he's at dh conley right now but we'll talk about carl Esther's legacy here football today and uh relive some glory days all that coming up friday on the show but we've recorded a lot of interviews that we want to air with you while marcus is out of town these next couple weeks and we'll get to one of those right now with coach doug martin who was here as a, as an assistant coach in the 90s became a head coach in college football he's currently in the usfl and uh he and marcus had some great stories to share so let's hear that interview right now coach doug martin joining marcus crandall and i doug martin who joins us uh, on the pirate radio live line and coach we appreciate your time today i appreciate being on thank you all right so uh where do you want to begin marcus you want to go back to the uh the good old days 
<laughs> Man, we might as well start there and then finish up where he is right now. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Take and, and Coach, I ask, you know, when Marcus brings on a guest, I ask them a lot of questions about themselves. I'm, I'll ask you about Marcus Crandall. Oh, what what kind of talent and arm and, uh, and person did you have to, to work with there? Oh, listen, uh, you know, Marcus being in the Hall of Fame in East Carolina is such a deserved award but because he really – you know, when you start to build football programs, there's always a couple of key players that set the foundation for that program. And Mark was one of those guys for us. I mean, he really, uh, you know, we relied on him for everything. He got us to our first bowl game uh, when we were starting out and getting the program on solid ground. And then he took us to another level, uh, you know, being able to beat a lot of power conference teams and things like that. And uh, you know, I've coached some good quarterbacks in my time. You know, I had David Garrard there at East Carolina, who's obviously a great quarterback. I had Julian Edelman and Josh Cribbs and, at Kent State, but I've never coached a better one than Mark Crandall. Uh, he's, he's as good as they come. And, uh, man, awesome words there. And I told you, uh, Marcus, right before we went on, I'm going to start calling you Mark C, like <laughs> all your teammates and coaches did back then. I like that they call you Mark. Um, Coach, you meet a lot of personalities along the way, great players, uh, people that, that, you know, become friends for life, and, and, and some eclectic personalities as well. And Steve Logan from the outside was certainly one of those guys. Uh, how about from the inside, working with Steve Logan for all those years? What was that like for you? The funnest time I had in my entire coaching career, I, I'll promise you, Steve was great to work for. Number one, because he really he cared about his coaches and your families, and he kept your families, your kids were invited to come to practice. And Mark can tell you, my kids grew up on the football fields there at East Carolina. It's a great way for your family to grow up, and he just treated everybody really well. I think the thing that people start to realize now, because of Steve having his radio show there for a while, and those things of how funny he is. And Mark can tell you this, too. He's one of the funniest people you'll ever be around in your life. And we knew that at the time, but Steve was more guarded with it, I think, at that time when he was the head coach. But, uh, you know, along the lines, he's the best quarterback coach I've ever been around. Everything I knew about offensive football I took from Steve. Um, and he was just, you know, he's become one of my best friends. You know, he and I do a lot of fishing together out off Emerald Dial now, and uh, I really enjoy all the time I get to spend with him. Absolutely, Coach. He, he's definitely one of the funniest guys ever that I've ever met, for sure. And uh, it, it, it was hard to take him sometimes because he, he'd be so funny, but he was so serious at the same time. You know what I mean, right, Coach? And uh, But uh, we, we kind of got to, to the point that we knew the difference, if you know what I mean. So when he was serious, he was serious. And uh, and uh, he had all eyes on him, and uh, we, we adhered to what he had to say and and, um, you know, we just uh, took control and uh, abide by the rules and his leadership and you all, you all's leadership, that is, and uh, did what we had to do. Yeah, uh, I, I, Mark, you're right. I mean, Steve was great at, at building a, an atmosphere and a culture, you know, and he built a culture, man. He was, he was dead serious when he was on that football field. Absolutely. That is. I mean, everything had to be precise. The route had to be precise. The quarterback's drop had to be precise. The call had to be precise. I mean, there was there was no deviating from that. But you know, off the field, man, he was he was just a lot of fun to be around, and I think he treated the players well too. And I'm sure Mark would agree with that. He he was always about the players, and he was a good guy to to play for and work for. Absolutely, coach. Now we talked. You mentioned um, about us taking the program to a different level. Um, there's a process in every situation in regards to that, and uh, you were part of the process of. 
you know, the revolving door of coaching um, positions, that is, in regards to uh, Todd Berry was the uh, offensive coordinator one year, and then you were uh, waiting in the wings, so to speak, and um, and then you had the opportunity to step up to become the offensive coordinator. Take us through that moment for us. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I got hired at East Carolina, Mark, because of a man named Bob Leahy. And, and Bob later ended up being our wide receiver coach there at East Carolina. But Bob was the guy that got Steve Logan started in coaching. And I happened to be working for Bob at East Tennessee State when Steve got the head coaching job at East Carolina. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, Steve ends up hiring me because of Bob. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed working with Steve and Todd. Todd Berry is a really great football coach, too, that, you know, went on to be a head coach and, and won the bowl game at Louisiana Monroe and did some great things as a head coach. And Todd and I were real close friends and still are today. Uh, so, yeah, when he left, uh, you know, obviously I'd been in the program for a couple of years. And uh, Steve, you know, thought enough of me to move me up as the offensive coordinator. And uh, that was really got my career started and uh, really appreciative uh, of Steve. And I would have never left East Carolina. I'll tell you, it was the best job I ever had. And I knew it at the time. And I used to watch all these other coaches leave for other jobs. I say, God, these guys are nuts. I mean, you get to live down here on the coast and, you know, and pirate football is so important to all these people here. I mean, it was just the best job ever. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I enjoyed working for Steve so much. So that's how all that went down. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have some great players. Like, you know, you were the quarterback there. And, you know, Jarris McPhail, I heard you guys mention, another one. And, you know, we had all those wide receivers, Troy Smith and all those guys. And we had some good football players come through in my time there. And, Coach, I've talked to Marcus quite a bit about this. You had such great quarterbacks to work with that, hey, you might as well put the ball in the air and not to take away from the awesome running backs during that era. But what y'all were doing at the time there in the early to mid and and late 90s, throwing the football, Larry Shannon talked about how much uh, he loved to go vertical and and how this offense would would throw the bomb and and, then throw it deep. Uh, All the passing and, and, and all that you were doing back then, you know, how, how radical was that compared to what other teams were doing and, and you know, how innovative uh, it, what you guys were doing back then that now we see every offense in the country pretty much throwing the ball? Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. And, you know, Steve would never say this to you, but uh, he, he's the guy that really started that whole air raid thing that you hear now. We were doing that back in the early 90s. And, you know, Steve was doing that in 91 when he was the coordinator at East Carolina and had Jeff Blake as the quarterback. And so, yeah, it, it was ahead of its time. It really was. We were a lot of five-man protections, which was really rare back then. But, you know, our running back would get out on our free release, and we did a lot of empty sets. And we did a lot of things that, you know, people just weren't doing at that time. Uh, and it was a lot of fun because it was like an open laboratory. There was nothing that you could bring in to Coach Logan or to our staff, and they'd say, ah, we don't want to try that. I mean, we would take everything out on the practice field and try it and see what it looked like and see what it, how it worked and those type of things. And I think that's why we were able to succeed is because we were always trying to move forward. We were always trying to, you know, push the ball into a different direction. And uh, we were ahead for a, quite a while there. Marcus, uh, I was thinking back to old Redskins highlights, and, and Joe Gibbs had two tight ends in protection, a fullback. And how about you with a five-man protection, Marcus? Uh, a, you got a lot of receivers, a lot of targets to throw to, but maybe a guy rushing at you too. So what was it like to play in, Man, in those offenses? It was different to clip because, again, um, you get take, take note of I was a guy that came from uh, an option system in high school, th- all throughout high school, and we had three backs in the backfield. Yeah. And so triple option and all those dive options, and it, it was just totally different. And uh, those guys did a tremendous job of 
bringing me in, coaching me up, and uh, getting me to see what they wanted me to see out there on the field. And so, and then it happened so fast, they were just able to calm my my nerves down and all those things uh, as I saw it and processed it. But uh, they took it step by step and, and got me to the point to where, man, we just wanted people to blitz us, right? And so when they blitzed us, we want to make sure that we uh, take advantage of it. Marcus Crandall and uh, Coach Doug Martin joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. And, Coach, uh, we'll go back to some uh, ECU memories, but let's uh, go further in your career. You become a well, – and I want to ask you about Edelman and Cribs. You, you brought up those names. Did you know at the time when you're, you're coaching QBs that one would have the one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history and the other would be one of the most electric return men in, in NFL history? I mean, that's – you had some pretty good football players there, uh, not just quarterbacks, right? Yeah, I really did. You know, I had Josh first, and and Josh was an incredible athlete. I mean, incredible athlete, big. People don't realize how big he really was, too. But, you know, Josh was 215, 220 pounds, and, I mean, he he had a lot of strength to him and really could run. When I came in, he he was really struggling throwing the ball. We kind of did the same thing we did with Marcus. I mean, we we started the scat protections and released everybody, and we kind of taught him how to – handle that and he actually broke the mac record for uh, completion percentage my first year there as coordinator and uh so we got off to a great start i i, I thought that marcus could go to the canadian or that uh, josh could go to the canadian league and be a tremendous quarterback he just had in his mind he wanted to be in the nfl so he was going to go as a free agent see if he could make it and he did and to his credit man he had a great career uh, julian was a little bit different you know julian we were the only school to offer Julian Edelman a scholarship, and he was coming out of junior college at the time. Uh, us and Boise State, I think we were only two schools recruiting him. They wanted him to stay in junior college for another year. It's the only reason we got him. And he was probably one of the best competitors that I've been around. You can tell from watching Julian with the Patriots, when he plays with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, everything is about everybody doubts me, and I'm going to prove them wrong, and that's just kind of who he is. Um uh, so same thing. I, I didn't know that Julian would become the player that he became. Obviously, I don't think anybody, you know, predicted that. But I really thought that he would find a way to make it in the NFL, and I, I thought he could be a starter as as something, some type of third down back or a receiver or something like that. And uh, didn't surprise me that he made it. Uh, but obviously, it's a, a surprise how far he went. He had a tremendous career. Doug Martin uh, joining us. Marcus Crandall here as well. Marcus. Hey, Coach, uh, so you talk about Julian. Um, do you guys ever keep in touch? Does he uh, talk to you? Does he um, uh, give you a call and reach out to you and say thank you for all the wonderful things that you've taught him over the years uh, as a as a football player? You know, we re- we did our program at Kent State the same way we did at East Carolina. So, you know, the players were over at our house for dinner. I mean, I'd come home at night and Martin. Uh, Julian be sitting at the dinner table eating with Vicky before I even got home. So he's kind of like a part of our family. You know, you're just like, you know, you and David Gerard and all those guys, you know, we love, you know, knowing you guys more than just football players. And so, yeah, he's been really important, uh, you know, to me and my family and we stay in touch and, uh, you know, trying to, to help him now as he navigates, you know, life beyond football now and getting in broadcasting and those type of things where he wants to head. So, uh, yeah, he's a special, special guy. Coach, uh, here at East Carolina, I always hear that, that ECU basketball is one of the toughest jobs in America. And when you, you think about football, 
New Mexico State comes to mind, and I'm looking at it overall, 446 and 665 all-time uh, is the record with 30 ties in there. And it just uh, and look, you experienced it, so you can speak to it. Uh, why? And, and you had that 2017 7-6 uh, and six, uh, bowl season there, but just, uh, you know, wins few and far between, and, and you are not the only one. That just seems like it's a tough place to, to coach, a tough place to win. Uh, wh- why would you say that is? Well, everything goes back to leadership in, in football. You know, East Carolina, you go back to Leo Jenkins being the president of East Carolina, he dictated that he wanted a football program there. And, and he put everything into it to have that, you know, got the right coaches, got the right support. And the community supports, you know, football there in Greenville, you know, unlike many other places. And I can tell you, I've been a lot of other places and you don't have the fan support and just the importance of football like East Carolina does. And the school understands that football provides, you know, publicity for the school in general. It helps with enrollment because the football gets free advertising out for them. Other places don't realize that, you know, and I go to New Mexico State and uh, I spent one year there as offense coordinator. We, we broke about every offensive record they had there. So I was hired back to be the head coach. Didn't think I wanted to do it. In fact, I told them no twice. And then I finally, you know, decided I'd go back and do it um, primarily because my youngest son loved it there and wanted to go back and live there for a while. So, you know, we turned that program around and that was the first bowl game they'd been to in 60 years. And <laughs> one, and, uh, you know, we broke the attendance record at the bowl. We took 25,000 fans over to Tucson to play in that bowl game. So that was a window of opportunity for that university to really have something because it was hot at that time. And, you know, I met with the president and AD after that bowl game, and, you know, here's your window. You guys got it now. You got to build facilities like East Carolina did. You know, you've got to invest in this program, and they didn't want to go that way and weren't going to do it. And so that's the end of it. And, you know, I, honestly, I probably should have left at that point right there and just said, well, I've had enough of this. But, you know, my son was on the staff as our wide receiver coach, and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of coaches that I was responsible for, make sure they had jobs. So just to leave – you know, it would have been hard on them, so I stuck it out till the end of my contract and then, then left after that. But the, the difference is the dedication that the people around the program, particularly the administration, have to support it. Yeah, it's a huge deal, Coach, right, in regards to you mentioned about recruiting and enrollment and all of those things. When you're, when you're a young athlete and you're coming out of college or nowadays when you're in a transfer portal, uh, you're looking at different schools, and um, that's one of the things that people look at. They look at the facilities, they look at the fan base, and all those things as far as the growth is concerned. Uh, it definitely plays a huge role in regards to building the program and, and getting it to where it needs to be. Uh, so how hard was it mentally for you to kind of continue on throughout the year when you said you should have left, but you didn't? How hard was that for you to uh, continue? Yeah, you know what, Mark, it, it was uh, – it was difficult. You know, I, I've always enjoyed the players. I had a great group of, I mean, the, the coaching part of it, being on the field there and actually coaching those kids was awesome. I had a great group of kids to work with, really enjoyed them. But it's knowing that you're at such a disadvantage, you know, against everybody really that you're having to play against. That's what made it difficult. And uh, so, you know, keeping your head up through that and just understanding you're going to have to overcome a lot, uh, it was tough. But, you know, I mean, I had – a great staff. I had a lot of good people there. I got a, one of the best wives in college football that supported us and, and uh, was always there for me. So that made it a lot better. 
Coach, uh, one more question on uh, this, and then we'll get to, to brighter topics. But I did I want to ask you about the going from Sunbelt to Independent. And, man, if you're Sunbelt now, the travel New Mexico State might not be good, but the football certainly would be. they got a, a great conference going right now. Their game's more visible. But at that time, to go from a Sunbelt to an Independent, uh, it kind of might go to what you were speaking on as far as leadership and everything goes. That had to be tough for you guys as well. It was, you know, we started as an independent when I first became the head coach there. In fact, I think the first year we played eight power conference schools and we played UCLA, we played Boston College, we played Minnesota, we played Texas. I mean, it was, it was tough. Then we got into the Sun Belt and that's when we kind of got the program turned a little bit, but then the contract ran out with the Sun Belt and they didn't want New Mexico State anymore because they wouldn't go in in all sports. We were just in in football only. And they wanted all sports or nothing, and the school didn't want to do that. So, yeah, then we went independent again. And that, there, there's really no path for you to be an independent in today's game. Um, very few programs can survive that because you need bowl tie-ins. You need money. You need a conference affiliation to have a footprint so you can recruit geographically in certain areas. Uh, so it, it's difficult as an independent. Absolutely, Coach. We uh, we experienced that somewhat at uh, here at ECU, but we were actually tied to a an alliance with the uh, Liberty Bowl Conference or uh, Alliance, I should say. Um, now, Coach, you mentioned uh, kids uh, in in regards to transitioning from the college level coaching kids. Now you're at their professional level coaching adults and. Um, Talk to us about that transition, what it's been like, and then you have a, a new league, right? So you're looking at something that uh, you've done before all right, as far as building. Uh, take us through that process and how did it come to fruition and go from there. Yeah, you know, well, Mark, I was the offense coordinator at Boston College, and our athletic director was a man named Gene DeFlippo. Well, Gene's son, John DeFlippo, was a longtime NFL coordinator and coach, and John and I got to be really good friends while I was there. And, so lo and behold, John, he gets this head coaching job with the New England, or New Orleans Breakers here in the USFL and calls me and, hey, I want you to come be my coordinator and, and help me with this thing. And I thought about it a little bit, and I thought, you know, I mean, there's no transfer portal. There's no NIL. There's no recruiting. That might be a pretty good gig, right? Right. So, so yeah, I decided to do it, and uh, it, it's been great, honestly. Uh, you know, the USFL just starting out, uh, so we're not located in New Orleans right now. We're actually in Birmingham because there's four hubs for, for the eight teams in the USFL right now. Birmingham is one of the hubs for us and the Birmingham team. So that's been a little bit different. But, you know, coaching these players, these guys are hungry because they all either want to get back to the NFL or they're trying to get to the NFL. So there's a lot of motivation for these guys. They want to be coached. You know, they want to win. They want to get better. Uh, and it's a more mature group, obviously. Uh, the other thing is, you know, it's like I said, you don't have to worry about recruiting and kids going to class and transfer portals and all that stuff. It's just football here. I mean, literally, I just all day it's football. And I've enjoyed that part of things. And it's a little bit more of an NFL system, uh, which has been great for me to be you know, exposed to, and uh, I, I've really enjoyed this season uh, a lot. And, you know, the great thing about it is you're you're here for three or four months, and then, bam, I'm back to Emerald Isle fishing with Coach Logan because <laughs> we don't have to stay here year-round. So it, for a guy at my age and, and this point in my career, this is really a pretty good job. 
Coach, uh, I know the XFL just wrapped up their championship. We talked to uh, Garrett McGinn, a former ECU offensive lineman. He was on uh, the, the championship team. He was also all USFL last year, and I've had a chance to talk to him. I've talked to Warren Saba from the Michigan Panthers, another former Pirate, and they all they both said they're really happy with the league, and they're trying to get more film out there on themselves. And I asked them about kind of the, the ins and outs of it because I, I've also heard a different story. I talked to Bryce Williams, former ECU tight end. He was in the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, and Bryce was worried about a paycheck and worried about his jersey being cleaned and and stuff that football players shouldn't have to, to worry about. That league folded before it got to its championship. But it sounds like the USFL and XFL are on pretty firm ground right now, good backing, good people involved. And so you can focus on the football stuff if you're a player and a coach. Would you agree with that? Uh, the USFL is going pretty strong from a you know, stability standpoint. Yeah, no question. The biggest thing the USFL has going for it is Fox Television owns the USFL. So there's a strong support from that corporation there. And Fox last year and the first year made a ton of money off the USFL, and it's going even better this year in terms of the TV ratings. And that's really all they're focused on right now. So, yeah, things are moving in a good direction for us. Supposedly next year each team will be in their home cities. And so it'll be more spread out. We'll be in New Orleans. And so if they can get those things done and it keeps getting the TV ratings that it's getting, at this time of year, there's no other football on. So, you know, that's one of the big advantages for it. And I I think it is a a great league to give guys a, a second chance, another chance. And I think it's developing into a pretty good professional league. All right, Coach. Now give us a little synopsis of uh, what your season has been like so far. Yeah, you know what, Mark? We started off great. We started off 4-0, and uh, we were first place in the in the league. We beat the Birmingham team, who had only lost one game since USFL opened. We, we beat them pretty good in the opening uh, part of the season. You know, since that time, we had a little bit of uh, problems, the quarterback injury thing, and, and that's kind of put us on a little three-game skid here now. So we're 4-3. and three. We're still tied for first place. Uh, you know, we we have our, we control our own destiny. We got three games left. If we can win out, you know, we can be in the playoffs and have a shot at this thing. So, some real important games for us coming up. We play Michigan this week. Uh, you mentioned East Carolina, young man that plays for Michigan. So we've got them this week, and then we finish up with Memphis and Houston, and those are both divisional games for us. So, last three games are huge for us here. Awesome. Uh, so, you, so you're burning the midnight candle, Coach. <laughs> you know, and, uh, Mark, they're, they're always right. It's, I'm not working for Coach Logan anymore. <laughs> Go Man, it's but, uh, it's some long nights, huh, Coach? So uh, g- give us give us an idea of what that's like as far as um, your schedule. Like, what time do you get there to the office, and uh, what time are you getting home to get some food in your belly? Well, the tough part <laughs> is right now we're based in a hotel, so everything is at the hotel. It's, kind of like being in Shawshank. You can't get out of here, you know. You're in here all day. Your meetings, meeting rooms are in the hotel, everything. Uh, so we start about 8 in the morning. That, that's special teams meeting, and then we'll have some offensive and defensive meetings. We'll do some walkthroughs, um, and then the players get to break for lunch after that. That's about 11. That'll take us to about 11. The players will break for lunch, and then we'll have practice in the afternoon. And... Uh, um, then after practice, the players are done. So, you know, around 3 o'clock, 3.30, the players are done for the day. The coaches, you're back. You know, you come back and you start game planning for the next day and setting up practice. And all of that goes to about probably 10.30 at night. So from 8 in the morning until 10.30 at night as a coach, you're, you're, you're in football mode. Um, 
but you know, the day before a game, you get a pretty good break. Uh, the day of the game, you usually play early, and then we have that afternoon off or that evening off. So that's when you get a little bit of time to get away from them. But other than that, it's about 24-hour football. Yeah. Coach, uh, before we let you go, uh, I'd like to, to ask uh, folks to, to kind of reach back. I'm going to ask you to reach back in your uh, filing cabinet there in your football brain of all the plays and teams and players and everything you've coached. But your time here at East Carolina, is there a, a play you remember, a moment, a game that really stands out to you when you think about your, your time coaching at ECU? Oh, definitely. I, I would tell you the game was when we went down, Mark Mark was a part of this. We go down the Orange Bowl and beat Miami. I think it was 31-6, to six, Mark, right? That's right. And uh, one of the best plays I've ever seen a quarterback make, and, and Marcus will know this play, <laughs> because we, we never worked on him throwing this ball. But we had a little naked play action out of trips, and we had Jason Nichols was coming in motion. He was supposed to split right down the middle of the field, just clear the safety out was his only job. And we're trying to throw it to some other people on some sale routes and things like that. And lo and behold, Mark Crandall comes off the fake. And I don't know how he ever saw this, but the safety screwed up and vacated the middle of the field. And Jason Nichols on that motion came wide open. And one of the quickest releases I've ever seen a quarterback, Mark flipped his hips and just wrist flicked that ball about 40 yards for a touchdown. And, uh, you know, if he came off the sideline, I remember Steve asking him, why in the heck you throw the ball that right? <laughs> We never practiced it. We never told him to. He got us going to that game. And uh, and that's why Mark was such a great player. And that's why we had the success we had as coaches. We had players that could do things that you really never coached them to do. That's awesome. You know who else remembers that play? Jason Nichols, because he told us that story two or three weeks ago. He liked that play too, Coach. I'm sure he yep. but, but But it still goes back to you guys, Coach, because you always uh, you were fixated on or getting us. Um, like I mentioned, getting our eyes to where it needs to be and um, and being disciplined in that process. And so I I just stuck to my rules. And um, sometimes as a, as a coach, you got to take the good with the bad, right? <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was one of the good times that it happened, and everybody was excited about it. And um, it was definitely a great moment in Pirate history for sure. Yeah. Well, that was a great group of kids. And Jason Nichols is another one I've stayed in touch with forever. I, I love Jason like a son. He's, he's a great one. Well, Coach, uh, awesome to catch up with you and uh, talk some football. We'll be uh, rooting for the New Orleans Breakers the remainder of the way. So good luck uh, this season, and uh, we'll catch up with you again down the road. But thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate you guys having me on. It was great to talk with you. Thanks, Coach. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Mark. See you, buddy. Doug Martin and Marcus Crandall. Great interview. We recorded that with Coach Martin uh, last week. Wanted to air that to you here on Pirate Radio Live. And uh, we'll do more of the same coming up in Hour 3 of today's show. East Carolina great Pernell Griffin. Uh, he sat down in the Pirate Radio studios with us a week or so ago. We'll have that interview coming up for you at 5 o'clock. We'll take a timeout, wrap up Hour number 1. Coming up Hour 2, we'll talk Pirate Baseball with Brandon Manning on the Farm Bureau ECU Baseball Recap. And we'll play a little all-star edition of Name That Sound. I don't. I, I created a game for Chandler and Wes. Wes is not here, so we'll Wes, figure something out. Wes is scheduled to be here around 4.15 is what I've okay. been told. All right. Um, so that is the update for now, but that can change easily. All right. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard when we return after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back to the program. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006. University PC Care are the local tech support experts for any business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Let's take a look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Heat take a 2-1 to one series lead over Miami. And Joker last night, the first 30-20-10 game in NBA Finals history. 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. Jamal Murray had a triple-double as well. 34-10-10. and 10, And the stars were out for the nuggets last night they were fantastic and uh they take a two to one series lead big you did say that the heat took a two one series i did the The nuggets took a two one series lead with a 109 94 win say that jamal murray also had a triple double i did say that yeah so and he got it at the very last second i saw somebody cashed in they put down a hundred bucks for a jamal murray triple double he got the rebound that he needed for the triple double and that guy cashed in four thousand dollars you remember Ricky Davis, Glenn? Yes. Remember he like a uh, famous uh, self rebound. Didn't he shoot it like on his own end so he yes. could grab a rebound to get yes. a triple double? Yeah. I believe that was waved off. Right. Yeah. Because it became a thing. I remember it happening with several players after that. Um, and then the league was like, "Nah, we're not doing, we're not doing <laughs> self rebounds here to get triple doubles." So Denver up two one in that series before we uh you got anything before we move on from that i was just gonna say i'm enjoying my trips up to virginia before hopefully i won't have to do that anymore yeah, yeah. but i drove up there before uh sports trivia i left there i left here to go to straight to virginia to place mm-hmm. minus four on the nuggets mm-hmm. so uh, after the uh after losing my money quickly on uh college baseball over the weekend i was able to bounce back last uh last night good to hear me. good to hear chandler uh game four coming up on a friday night you've got stanley cup final action tonight vegas leading that series two games to none over the panthers they'll play at eight o'clock on tnt uh going on right now the brewers up on the o's three nothing that score as they play in the sixth inning the braves looking for the sweep tonight against the mets their dominance over new york continues spencer strider on the mound for atlanta and justin verlander will pitch for the metropolitans uh also we mentioned yesterday that carson wisenhunt was making his first double a start and the former pirate looked great five scoreless innings struck out seven batters in his first double a start so we talk a lot about gavin williams who's ready to get the call up now for the guardians but Wisenhunt might be on his heels as far as guys who will be pitching in the big leagues. On that note, uh, Burley home run, Alec Burleson, and he needed it because his team won one to nothing. The Cardinals uh, won one nothing on a Burley solo shot last night. Yeah, and it happened in the eighth inning. It was a uh, pitcher's duel for that game. Uh, it seemed like the the first team that was either going to get a run or score a home run or hit a home run was going to win that game, and it was the Cardinals. Who was it for the Cardinals? Former Pirate Alec Burleson knocking in a home run uh, in the eighth to lift the Cardinals 
uh, one to nothing. Boy, when you said score a home run, it really that, made me cringe. I, I know, I was like, and I, correct, I corrected myself. You did. I appreciate that. Because it made me cringe, and I had to literally correct myself quickly. It was gross. Or I would have went the rest of the day like having to vomit. One of the grossest things I may have heard in a long time. But thank you for correcting but that. But I corrected myself. Yes, you did. Those scores on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Chan's a fan of the Buccaneer Music Hall. You, uh, what do you got going on this weekend? Some live music? Live music every weekend. They've got something going on every single night. I know they had line dancing uh, instructions last night on Wednesday. Uh, so if you go out to AJ's and enjoy uh, sports trivia, you can go there uh, to the Buck afterwards and learn some line dances. On Tuesday night, they have... Uh, DJ Captain Morgan with karaoke, and all weekend long, starting the night, they'll have live music on the on the big stage. So go out to the Buccaneer Music Hall and enjoy it this weekend. We should hit up line dancing one Wednesday after sports trivia, Chandler. Sure, why not? I know a few: the Cupid Shuffle, Electric Slide, but there's like a lot of country music. Boots, Scoot, and Boogie. Let's do that one. Is that one? Oh yeah. All right. I think they could throw any song up there and you have a line dance for it. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that done. Let's take a break. Come back. When we return, Hour 2, Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk to Brandon Manning, talk some Pirate Baseball. We'll play Name That Sound. Also, Marcus Crandall, Pernell Griffin coming up Hour 3 of today's show. A lot more to go on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots, and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Rolling Black Heating and Air and Cooling have te- teamed up. To form New Blue Service Group offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Man, I wish we were gearing up for some Pirate Baseball on friday remember how much fun the super was last year on that friday watching ecu beat texas do i do you the watch along was fun and knowing that we were going up one to nothing on oh, the longhorns and then being up seven to two in the seventh the oh, next day Oh man and then people wondering why i was upset after the game because i knew that that was the chance we had to go to omaha we didn't want to face those guys in three games not that lineup, and it paid. Well, didn't mean to bring up all these bad memories. But Sorry, I get no, so... No, it's not your fault. I it's get my so fault. irritated. Super regionals uh, begin on Friday. Are you interested at all? Yeah. I mean, I think with a lot of these lower seeds in there, with a lot of upsets over the weekend, um, I'm I'm interested in seeing what Indiana State can do on the road. It's weird to say on the road at TCU. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be hosting a Super Regional, but they're not. I'm interested in uh, Southern Miss, Tennessee, and Hattiesburg. That's going to be a wild environment. 
That'll be, be fun. So, we have uh, a little breaking news. All right. Uh, EC's home opener. We have a uh, kickoff time. Oh, boy. Four o'clock. What's that, Chandler? He, he pulled a Chandler. Oh, we've already done it. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I'm sorry. Do not feel bad. I do it all the time. <laughs> I know exactly where your head is right now. I it is totally fine. I mean, he might have already. Eaten. No, it's totally fine because I. It's a new hour. We have a new audience. This yes, is where it's exactly. top of the hour updates. That's you, you know what? Very I, great update. I think we should do that though. I think we should bring up the news that we brought earlier in the show for uh, the people that every maybe, hour, yeah. top of the hour. And uh, well, there's a top of the hour news story. Though. Wait a minute. Something. My spotty senses are going off. Three new people just tuned into our show. Tell them what's the news. What's the news? EC's home opener versus Marshall. We'll have a kickoff at 4 p.m. on ESPNU. On the, the U. Those three new people that just tuned in are now informed. And our pregame tailgate will start at noon. Easy. Simple as that. So the first four weeks of the season, Pirates at Michigan, noon on Peacock. ECU at home against Marshall, 4 o'clock ESPNU. ECU at App State, six three thirty. I thought it was 3.30. 3.30. I'm not sure. No, 3.30 on the plus. ECU at home against that team is uh-huh. at 6. I love that team. And who is that team? That team. We they all, they we are all, them. We all know who it is. Are you going to say it or you want me to say it? Um, I'm going to let you say it because you have the answer, right? Right yeah, now? I've got it. I was just going to give you the opportunity no, to, to I think say I'm going to let you have it. You go want me it. to take this one? Yeah, go for it. All right. I'll I mean, I can say it right now, but it looks like you have the answer. Gardner Webb <laughs> yeah. is that team uh, that East Carolina will face week four, and that six will o'clock. be six o'clock on ESPN. Plus. Thank you for letting me have that one. I, I wanted you to have the spotlight. You're a good team, team player, team guy. All right. Speaking of team guys. And long-lasting impacts on a program. Brandon Manning was on the team. That's about it. His uniform stayed clean as a whistle uh, when he was a Pirate. He joins us on the Pirate Radio Live Line for the Farm Bureau ECU Baseball Recap. Brando, how you doing today, man? Doing great, man. Just sitting here uh, at the airport waiting to board. Uh, should be a fun field day of travel for me and my wife. There you go. Uh, I'd rather be going to a Super Regional, but... I guess where you're heading uh, ain't that much of a, a consolation. So, good for you. Uh, Brandon Manning joining us on the Farm Bureau Insurance ECU a Baseball Recap. And, unfortunately, Brandon, we're recapping the season as the Pirates season came to an end at the hands of Virginia on Sunday night in the Charlottesville Regional. Uh, had a blast hanging out with you, Bryce Williams Chandler, on Friday for our watch party. Everything went great other than Bryce stealing your superstitious beers. But other than that, I really enjoyed uh, our evening evening there it was great man I, now mine and bryce's first play date went off without a hitch and <laughs> it was just good times all the way around and the pirates won and uh you, you, when you look back at the weekend brandon two really dominant wins over oklahoma highlight the weekend but even in the losses the pitching performances from garrett sailor and danny bill and how about the freshman zach root holding virginia to one run while he's in the game you, you had despite the two losses uh, a lot of positives in that uh that charlottesville regional you know what um and i think somebody uh brought this up maybe it was yesterday or on the week but they were also talking about it on the squeeze play which is espn's uh kind of baseball tonight for college 
Uh, Will Carlson did an amazing job of holding Oklahoma in check. They came in with a very fast team, very aggressive on the base pass team, and he did a wonderful job going after them. Um, kudos to him for doing that. I mean, that cannon he's got has uh, really got us out of some jams this year. Um, and, you're, and you're right, the pitching staff, you know, other than, you know, we we made two or three mistakes against Virginia that uh, that second game, and those two or three mistakes went a long way. I mean, there's just nothing you can do about that. Sometimes it happens. It just sucks that it happened, you know, during that game. So um, kudos to those guys. Going to miss, uh, miss the big three. But I think they're going to go on and do great things as well. No doubt, and and even the mistake. I mean, you can call it that from Ginn and and Spivey or whatever. Virginia, they they were as advertised. We were talking about it last night with some guys at Sports Trivia at AJ's. Just the one through nine and no real holes in their lineup, and their three fours as good as it gets in the country. And uh, the Pirates overall pitched those guys very well. Watching it on TV, Brandon, I didn't think that three run homer off again was going to get out of here off the bat i actually clapped and said all right we're out of it fly ball and it kept going and going and going and and gone see and that's what true power hitters do you know sometimes you see it uh aaron judge does it a lot i mean his balls create so much of a spin on the ball that the ball just keeps carrying uh you, you know you hear people say you hit it like a golf ball it just keeps on rising as it goes up and that ball did that, man. That that ball off the bat, I was just like you. I think we may even high five, two knows. Um, but you know, I, I did not think that ball was going. I think maybe to the warning track. Um, but he called it, and it happened. Um, and then, but the next one was, I think, a no doubt about her. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, that one, I knew off the bat, and Riley Johnson knew when he jumped for it, and uh, and kind of sat there, knew it was a. A home run. Uh, Brandon, again, with the positives, and you know we have some unknowns as far as what the team's going to look like next year as far as people returning goes, and also we do know that you can pencil in some guys, including Zach Root. How about his outing? He was up and down like all freshmen are, but, man, a a good freshman year that capped off in one of his best starts of the season against that Virginia lineup. You know, he's going to grow physically and get stronger. Um, He is he reminds me of a C.J. Mayhew, the way he carries himself on the field. He's sort of bounced around. He's going to go at it. He's going to go at everybody. Um, and But I think he, he's a little bit more polished than C.J. was his freshman year. And I really think um, he, over the next two years, is going to be elevating. and He's going to be an amazing pitcher, uh, you know, top, top two or three round draft pick type of candidate. Uh, coming out his junior and senior year, and I, I hope he stays happy and stays, uh, you know, trust the process the ECU's got going on. Brandon Manning joining us, Farm Bureau ECU Baseball Recap. If you need to have a review of your home auto life insurance, you can schedule a review, get a free quote from Brandon Manning at 531-1812. Brandon, so uh, I don't know, looking ahead, what what's your take on the, the, the off season? What do you – what are you looking for for summer ball? Maybe some young guys. Anybody you're keeping an eye on this off season to, to hope to see some improvement? Who, who stands out to you in that regard? Um, I don't know where uh, some of the guys are going. Uh, you know, I know that some colleges like to limit their guys that pitch a lot. You know, like Danny Bill was used a lot this this um, this spring. I don't know how much he needs to pitch this summer to stay healthy long term. Um, he's you know he's a junior, I, I believe. Um, I'd like to see where these guys are going. Keep a close watch on them. Again, um, 
I, I'd like to see where he's going because he's got a very, very high ceiling. Uh, you know, when you when you think about it, we got to get some guys in shortstop wise and uh, middle infield wise. Uh, you know, start star needs to take a few days off, get healthy. Will Coxon needs a break. <laughs> ice six ice baths. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know what McChrystal's got going on. Um, you know, we have another freshman uh, catcher out there. Uh, is that too many horses in the stable? Who knows? Right. Uh, you know, I haven't heard. I haven't heard any. You know, substantial rumors that sound like there's any traction to it. But in my opinion, it's hard to keep kids satisfied these days when you got a four year window, four to five year window to show everybody what you've got. It's hard for you know to put a kid who's a dang on a good player that can go start at another D1 school somewhere and say, hey, wait three years. I mean, this isn't Alabama football. This is, you know, we're talking about college baseball. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens, but I got faith in Cliff to keep him happy. He did a very good job uh, keeping a crystal last year because that was one person last year that we really looked at that maybe was um, a little homesick maybe or something like that after his freshman year, and he came back did a great job, and he was healthy. Um, but getting star healthy, getting him uh, – <clears throat> Maybe being a little more vocal out there, I think that's just about his only thing right now. His leadership is all uh, performance-driven, not really, hey, guys, listen to me right now. Let's let's get the ball rolling a little bit. So little things like that, and I think Cliff will do a good job with it. Yeah, and, and Brandon, you look at it, there's like 15 to 20 guys coming in as far as incoming players to this team so you've got you've already got some subtractions to the roster you've got you mentioned the big three with spivey sailor hoover leaving you'll have maybe one or two drafted and then you'll have some transfers so uh, every coach goes through this but it, it could be a pretty dramatic offseason when it comes to roster configuration for uh, for cliff godwin just because of, of how the numbers are going to work out well you know i moylan will probably get some draft looks I hope he looks at the bigger picture. Um, he really didn't get hardcore going until about middle way of the season. Um, and I think he could come back and do a better job of starting out strong. Uh, he's at a position where you got to hit a lot of home runs. And I think he ended up around 15, 14 or 15, somewhere in that range. Um, there's no sense in him not having 20 bombs. And he could be that guy. He's got that much talent, that much ability. There's other guys on other part, you know, schools around the nation that are playing first base or that can be moved to first base that hit 20 plus bombs and are pretty active. So and had a better batting average. So there's some things he probably needs to improve on and would want to improve on before he signs. But if that's your dream, that's your dream, man. Go live it. So that's that's my theory on that. Brandon Manning joining us, Farm Bureau ECU Baseball Recap. You can contact Brandon, 531-1812, schedule a review, get a free quote, auto, home, life insurance with Brandon Manning, the trusted agent from Farm Bureau. Brandon, um, do you have a rooting interest now in the Supers, or ECU's gone so you don't care anymore? What's your philosophy there? No, um, Coach Pollard at Duke. Uh, was actually my first recruiting visit that I, that I really went on where I stayed the night and went off when he was at a Pfeiffer University Lama for a long time ago. He had no gray hair, and he was just some Yankee-talking guy that was just an amazing guy. I, I like like Coach Pollard. He was a really, really cool guy back then, uh, and you knew back then he was going to build a program and go somewhere. Um, so I, I like Duke. I like the coaching staff there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull for Duke. All right. There's uh, Brandon's rooting interest. Got a 
a tie in there with uh, Coach Pollard. Uh, what other? Uh, what else is on your baseball docket this summer, Brandon? You got uh, your boy at home, probably probably playing, but you've got. I guess what uh, Little League World Series, uh, Legion Ball, uh, whatever you want. There's a showcase game going on at Clark LeClaire on Monday with the Canes and the Dirt Bags, and yeah, Wood Duck. So uh, yeah, plenty of baseball in the area this summer. What uh, what's on your radar? So we had our first All Star practice last night, um, and like I said, I'm getting ready to get on a plane and go for about about a week out of town. But when I get back, we have an All Star tournament in Swansboro. Uh, American Legion, I went and saw a few games at Pitt Community College uh, last weekend. Uh, great, great Coach Meadows doing a good job with those guys. Uh, he had some powder blue uniforms, which was new. So if uh, some of you guys want to go check out the new uniforms and the new look uh, post-39, y'all go check it out. Um, and I think I'm going to see the Red Sox and Dodgers play in Fenway later this summer. Nice. Um and I do know there's some people. I think uh, Coach McCullough and the McCullough family are going up there because that's on the eastern co- east coast, and Clayton don't get on the east coast that much. So I'm gonna go see uh, see Clayton McCullough for a little bit and talk to him and reminisce about the awesome BP he used to tell me when I was in high school. <laughs> awesome stuff, Brandon Manning joining us, <laughs> Farm Bureau Insurance ECU baseball recap. Brandon, uh, hopefully we can keep these chats going. Uh, enjoyed having you on the. The show all season long, talking baseball with you, having fun with you, and uh, you're uh, you're always welcome here to talk uh, whatever sport you want to talk about. All right, when we get back and uh, get going, maybe we'll do an all star break recap of uh, baseball. I think I picked the uh, the first half winners uh, or the season winners. Maybe we can do a pick of how bad I did. Okay, yeah, sounds good. We'll talk some MLB and more with you uh, coming up later on on Pirate Radio Live. Brandon, I have a safe trip, man. We'll talk to you when you get back. All right, thanks, Clip. Brandon Manning, former Pirate, joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line, our Farm Bureau Insurance ECU baseball recap. And we'll have Brandon on uh, later on in June, talk more baseball, both college and pro. And we'll keep up with, you know, MLB draft, um, transfer portal. What's the roster going to look like for next season? That'll be an ongoing discussion throughout this summer. We'll also keep you up to date on summer ball with the Pirates playing uh, in Woodbat leagues across the uh, the East Coast. Uh, Wes Hines is here. What's up, Wes? Not much. What about you, Clipper? Just uh, just another day, man. Another day. Yeah. Uh, Wes, I'm going to throw you right into the fire because coming up next, we're going to play. So we usually at this time on Thursdays, we play Name That Sound. Yes. Shirley's away for the day. I think she might have a game cooked up for us tomorrow. But we'll just do a kind of a mini special edition of Name That Sound, and I would love for you to participate. Will All you right, play? Let's do it. All right. Wes is in. Chandler, you're in. And uh, we'll play that. I came up with some sounds earlier this afternoon. We'll do that. And we got a big hour three on tap with Marcus Crandall and Pernell Griffin. Got that on the way as well. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a break. Come back. Have more for you after these words.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. UBE has been an ECU tradition for over 50 years. Shop online anytime at PirateWear.com. UBE has the biggest and best selection of ECU sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages. Every day is game day at UBE. Now let's head back to PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. We've got the Cran Man, Marcus Crandall, ECU Hall of Famer, and Pernell Griffin coming up in hour number three. I was a big Pernell Griffin fan back in the day. And while we'll talk about some of his memories of being a pirate, talk about what he's up to today. Also, uh, a, a very small cup of coffee with the Steelers, uh, I think, during the offseason. And he'll tell some uh, Jerome Bettis, Bill Cower stories as well. So I uh, got that coming up in hour number three of today's show. But as I said, Wes Hines is here. Great to have him filling in for Shirley Rhodes. Chan Man has moved over to the video side of things. That is his normal seat where he loses every Thursday and name that sound. And this one does not count on the record, Chandler. This is an exhibition game. So, uh, Wes, will this be your first time ever playing? Uh, officially, yes. What does that mean? <laughs> what do you, when have you played you, unofficially? Okay, before, all right, before um, <laughs> me and, it was between me and um, him, and we were uh, just jabbing at each other. But it was, but uh, it was always Chandler. It, it was a Chandler or or you. It was never me. So. All right, I don't. Okay, so this is your first official game. Yes. All right. You usually play from home when never me and Clipper playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. I don't know what was. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm scared. We do need a life update for you from you, like what you've been eating, um, what's been going on. But we'll get to that later. Okay. okay. All right. So I don't even think we should play the intro because this is. Do you, what do you think, Chandler? I think we just roll right into it. What are you looking at? Uh, it's up there in the corner if you do want to play it. Play it up there. In the top you want to play it? Go ahead and play it. Play it. Yeah. We'll go ahead and play it. Come, Come on, on in. in. Come on now. Sit right down. Hey, sit right there. Take a guess. Just guess. And name that sound. Hey, turn that frown. Turn that frown. Upside down. Because it's time. Time to play what? But name, name that sound. Now, here's the host of Name That Sound, Miss Shirley Rhodes. Oh, no. Shirley's not here. What do we do? Uh, we don't play. All right. I came up with a few sounds today, and we're going to pass those along to Chandler and Wes. So, Wes, you're going to hit each one. They're l- labeled sound one, sound two, so you can't see what they are. Got it. And, Chandler, you're looking at that, too. Everything is above board. If nothing else, we play with integrity here at Pirate Radio. So, everybody good? Yes, sir. Wes, all you got to do is be the first to name that sound. Okay. Same rules apply to you, Chandler. So, let's go with sound number one. Uh, That's that's a uh, stream of water. No. Is it water coming off like your... uh, No. uh, Frying eggs? No. Bacon, sizzling bacon. Bacon is oh. correct. Wes, you teed him up. Don't uh, worry, Wes. I do it all the time for Clip. You I almost had up. it, and sometimes almost having it is a detriment 
because it allowed your opponent to get the answer yeah all right okay. so chandler goes up one nothing with the sizzling bacon all right sound number two because i'm good enough i'm smart enough that's michael jordan doggone it people like me that is michael jordan from saturday night live years and years it's ago monologue. don't ever watch it so all right don't ever watch it wes uh you are down two nothing you need this one okay all right Just stay in the game here we go sound number three now you're gonna die yeah that's what i told him okay um that that's uh johnny cash johnny cash what song wes um a boy named Sue. that is correct wes hines on the board Do you not know that one chandler I, I had a feeling that it was an old-timey country music singer. If I was going to throw out some guesses, Johnny Cash would have been one of them. I definitely would not have gotten a uh, boy, named, uh, boy Sue. named Sue. Wes Hines on the board, 2-1. to one. Well done, Wes. Yes, sir. Great Thank song. You. One of my all-time favorites. Great story. All right. Uh, we go to sound number four. John Cena. Chandler. The brain is firing for Chandler Honeycutt. Wes, obviously you knew that one, right? I did. Just couldn't get it out quick enough. That's right. Well, let's see if your brain fires off a little quicker on sound number five. Oh, wow. Play it, wait, play it again. I, this sounds familiar. Shaggy? No. You got any guesses, Wes? Mm. I'm going to say the Keebler Man. The Keebler Man is incorrect. You talking about the elf? The Keebler Elf. Play it one more time. (laughs) My goodness. What is this? uh, The Disney uh, Hmm? uh, Zippity Doodah Zippity Day guy? It is from a movie. It is from a, a Disney movie. Oh, this is Little Mermaid. Under the sea. Under the sea. Come on, Wes. Under the sea. You, you know that one, right? No. What? Have you ever you never seen Little Mermaid? I've watched it in pieces. I haven't watched it. <laughs> never the whole thing. Yeah. Never in I one fall city. Fall asleep. <laughs> All right, five. Ooh, I, I wow. Mean, I mean, my, my daughter has a, has a um, jammy. Daddy, will you please finish watching this with me? <laughs> and you're like, no. <laughs> you're like, absolutely not. I hate Ursula. All right, Wes, you trail four to one. Could not get Little Mermaid, Sebastian singing under the sea. Uh, let's go to sound number six. The taste, the taste, the taste is gonna rule play it again so this is uh right, this has got to be a, a soft drink yahoo i believe you mean you and Yoo-hoo. that is incorrect okay <laughs> yeah. and just to get your brains going it is not a drink oh. <laughs> man uh this is the taste, the taste, the taste is gonna Chandler, this is probably before your time. I don't know when they stopped marketing this way. This is a candy bar. <sighs> it is a type of gum. That would have to be juicy fruit. Boom. Juicy fruit is gonna move you. 
a little before your time there Chandler you ever had a stick of juicy fruit I have alright do you recommend it to the people out there I guess if they still sell them I think they do the uh, question is uh, do they still sell uh, Big Red that is the question yes. we were all wondering <laughs> and the answer the is question. you're going yes yes all right. I'm gonna go yes okay Wes you ever had Big League Chew yes I have alright cool we are in a four to two ball game chandler leading west four to two but west just got one you get this one could be a one point game what is sound number seven west woodpecker that it is that is a woodpecker but it's not woody woodpecker it is not All right, Chandler up five to two, getting uh, the woodpecker correct. Let's go to sound number eight. Train. Uh, yeah. Railroad crossing. It was, yeah. I was going to ask you to be more specific than train, but railroad crossing is correct. I've got one right there at my house. It's annoying. Chandler up six to two. This one's a little tough to hear. I'll tell you what's being said uh chandler uh, or excuse me west sound nine edward scissor hands no um good guess so the last line said is no peace human centipede so have you seen that movie have not do you know what it's about uh no uh <laughs> so i've never seen it but i've heard about it i think i've heard about it but i forgot yeah but he named uh some sort of scary thing so I, <laughs> I, I named something too children of the corn i'm gonna uh, show you what that human centipedes movie is about uh during the break oh, <laughs> um no this was a 90s blockbuster 90s summer blockbuster you can hit it can there be peace can we exist in peace no peace gremlins no got any guesses Wes I'm I'm lost alien very close because they were aliens the answer is Independence Day oh oh I like when y'all go oh Independence Day all right the score stands at six to two let's hear sound Get that brain ready, Rest. Oh, you, you got to go quick here. Ready? All right, yeah. All right hit it. Cheers. Everybody knows your my name. Wife. My wife. All right, my wife watches St. Elsewhere, Hill Street Blues, the Waltons. I think I love know, the Waltons. Y'all are trapped in a time warp. And that's the one we have not watched is uh, Cheers. Hadn't watched Cheers? All right. Uh, Chandler, you're a cheers guy, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, give me a, a Doctor Who or something. My goodness. Okay, Good Shirley. Told, I played all these sounds for Shirley. She requested I add one more just for Wes. One more. So you better get this one, Wes. All right. All right. Sound 11. Here we go. Charlotte, she's a darling. Okay, that's John Anderson. <laughs> Swing. <laughs> Swinging. There you go. Swinging. <laughs> Hey, you know what you know, right? Yeah. You don't know what you don't know, but when you know something, you know it. Yeah. 
Hear that again? Hear that Charlotte, again. she's Sing a darling. It. She's the apple of my eye. <laughs> yes, sir. Look, I, I hey, heard that was your jam. Let me tell you something. All right. There's no no doubt about it, and she'll probably deny it, but she sang back up. Shirley sang back up to you? Yes. All right. Swang. I did hear that. So I, that was your uh, go-to song? That was the go-to song, and I we did it a cappella because I didn't have no music to it. All right. And it was at our uh, our fifth grade uh, uh, talent show. John Anderson's that old? I guess I'm old. What was his other hits? Uh, let's see. He's had uh, John Anderson. I remember listening to him in the '90s. I want to say my dad had a CD, maybe. He also had Black Sheep. Come on. Seminole Wind. Same same CD. Swangin' Straight yeah. Tequila Night. Oh, I've, yes. I've heard of Straight Tequila Night. I wish Night. I could have been there for that. I remember that one. Little Johnny hit his first home run. He was the hero. All right. Anybody? No? All right. I've Never heard mind. of Straight Tequila Night. Um, Wes, yeah. that last question was worth 22 points you win you beat chandler today congratulations oh my congratulations <laughs> once again i lose oh my goodness you played a good game wes and uh for your first official time so appreciate you participating in that chandler good work that was kind of a warm-up for when we get back to the real thing and uh your brain was clicking today yeah thank you um maybe it's just i'm intimidated by my competition could be you know our past history together and your record. Yeah. Jamie says, of course Chandler will win. It's an exhibition. You get nervous at the big stage, the bright lights. I'm a big preseason guy. Yeah. But when the regular season comes, yeah, I might as well not even be on the 53-man roster. Well, you got a W today, 7-3. Uh, to three. Kicked a field goal, Wes. Not bad. That's all right. And you went swinging. You went down swinging. Nah, you're swinging all right. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two, big hour three on tap with Pernell Griffin and Marcus Crandall. A lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live will be back with you after these words. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Cellular locations and experience the highest standard of customer service. The purpose of the Atlantic Wireless Store experience is to inform, illuminate, and inspire. Find the location near you at AtlanticWireless.com 
Atlantic Wireless, we go beyond the call. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Glenn, uh, Glenn brought this to my attention a moment ago. Uh, Brian Weingartz, who we've had on the show um, quite a few times over the years from Greenville Little League, uh, put out on Facebook about an hour ago. It, it sucks that this has to be put out, but I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just I'll read a little bit of it. Uh, he put out on Facebook, as we move into the late stages of this season with the playoffs looming, I want to address something that has happened the last two nights, post-game confrontations with umpires. Simply put, when the game is over, the umpires are off limits to the parents or anybody else for that matter. They should be given the right to go from the field to the dressing room and then from the dressing room to their car without being verbally harassed. There is more to the post, but I think you know what Brian Weingartz is saying there. And look, <laughs> we're talking about little league umpires. We're talking about little league baseball. Um, I realize that it is taken very seriously in Greenville, but uh, just a shame that, that Brian has to put out this stuff to tell parents, not kids, but tell adults to not behave like kids after the game and to let it go and to be happy that your kid is out there playing baseball and having fun with his friends and uh not every call from a little league umpire is going to go your way and, I, and I, you're just talking about this is just for greenville i think that's everywhere oh no doubt Wes. Absolutely. no Absolutely. doubt about it there's like a shortage on umpires because of this reason and <laughs> because of parents not being able to control themselves in the game and after the game so in other words what we need to do is um you and i and clip are, should all become um what was his name joe west yeah be be, be uh, some joe west and uh, and uh, don't give a darn what everybody says do your job i mean so we had to become umpires first to do that. well i, I, I I'd rather become like a buffer, like a bouncer. Like we Can't you imagine the field of umpires for a baseball game be me, Clip Brock, and Wes Hines? Could you imagine the people coming to us after the game complaining? You idiot. <laughs> I just throw my hand up at him. <laughs> and then you just toss them, give them the good hook. They're throwing everybody out. <laughs> um yeah. They just and I'm sure these same people that uh are arguing with the umps or like blame the children for everything when it's the adults that are ruining it uh just don't do that this is little league baseball man i hope you're not one of the people that do that and if you are and you're listening you probably think you're justified to go talk junk to an ump after a game and you think you're in the right but you're not even if the call was blown it's little league baseball gotta move on i actually was talking to brian wangarts not too long ago and I had asked him if he was having any problems with uh, with parents. And he said, really, so far this season, haven't had too many problems. He said, but as you get closer to the playoffs and the, the intensity of the games get more and more, uh, the calls get closer and closer. Uh, he says, you might see some things happen. Well, apparently, apparently it has. Because they are getting closer to the playoffs. Right. So Now, how close do you think it is before they'll put uh, the um – uh, video and all that stuff if, if they're going to get if have replays have replays yes. well the amazing thing <laughs> is that greenville at uh at elm street they probably got the technology with all those do. cameras out there but uh 
I don't. I, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you'll get you'll that, that. Be that serious to no. replace for because you got to have a booth to go into or something to Where's look at. Where's the booth at? Did they go to like the Pitt County, you know, Pitt County office or something? And so we're the headquarters here. I'm watching every game, and they're talking to me back here in the Pirate Radio Studios. Um, but everybody, go enjoy your kids' baseball games and cheer them on and cheer the team on and don't yell and cuss at the coach don't yell and cuss at the umpire just uh enjoy the game and what makes greenville little league so special because we talk about all the time baseball in greenville it means more whether it's for little league for middle school for high school or it's for east carolina baseball Pitt community college baseball it's serious but they also have fun don't get too serious and go out there and just make a fool of yourself especially if you're a parent I mean, if the if the coach or if the players are out there and the coaches are out there having fun, and they're not really caring about what's going on, I mean, don't go as a parent. Don't go and show your butt after the game. One, you're making a fool of yourself, but you're also embarrassing your kid. Uh, yeah, exactly. that, that that's man. the thing. That Could you imagine all the these videos and I see of these parents? It has got to be so embarrassing for the kids. I, my dad used to stand way down the fence when i played and like i wondered why he wasn't in the stands and like cheering and yelling and stuff but i appreciated it so much more when i grew up that he wasn't one of those parents and like you know i could hear my mom come on clamp you know and that but very supportive but i was i was at the time like man why isn't my dad yelling like these other dads and then when i got done with it, i was like thank you you know like just it's so embarrassing to see these people freak out i feel bad for the kids i know yeah it's uh it sucks a lot a lot of folks have tempers but then when it comes down to things like this they have to um take it down a notch take it down a notch um eric did some community service with mr weingartz he was truly a great guy. Green was lucky to have him. I'll uh, second that. Brian Weingartz is a great man. He is a great, awesome man. Very nice guy. Jamie says he retired after coaching Little League nine-plus years. Can you retire from being a Little League coach? I guess you can if you don't do it anymore. He says he is happy. People are nuts nowadays. I think people have always been nuts, but, you know. Now we see nuttier behavior more. Like, we used to didn't have cameras on everything and phones. So I think people have always been nuts throughout our time. Now we just see it more. I'll tell you the one, <laughs> the one of the dumbest, uh, latest additions, and it's probably been said on this show more than anything else. The pitch clock, I cannot stand it. Wes, you don't like it. The pitch clock is great. No. What do you mean? Why? So no. you want the game to be slower? Yes. <laughs> It's too fast. Baseball is way too fast. It zooms by. That three hours and 15 minutes, man, goes by like that. Wes, get out of town. No. Why don't you like the pitch clock? Because uh, that pitcher should be able to uh, collect himself okay and, and make sure he knows what he's going to do if all right that's a good if, argument if, if I, he's going to do a, um, a slider or things i don't that's a good argument good argument i mean give an example the guy at the that's the um that's the catcher is telling him what to do but uh he's like nope i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna do something else <laughs> nope <laughs> i always said nope i wish you would call a hey, ball fastball game. inside nope <laughs> ne- negative no uh, sir give me a curveball outside in 
Nope. <laughs> All right, Wes. I see your point. No, I totally get the argument, and I think it's a good argument. But I love the pitch clock. I think it has made games. Uh, I just love the pace of the game now. Yeah, made it go by a lot faster. Right. But as a pitcher, you're, they're probably thinking the same. Some pitchers may think the same way you are. Man, I wish I had time to kind of go over what I wanted to go over. What was and it? maybe what pitch I want to pitch. What well, wasn't it Friday night that um, one of the guys did get uh, caught twice with the uh, with the clock? I know it happened in the American Athletic Conference tournament with yeah. ECU. It did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric says it's the coaches calling the pitches, so it's a moot point. Well, I don't know, Eric. What if a coach calls a pitch and the pitcher says, "Nope, nope, 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 nope"? Uh, fastball high and inside. Nope. But Wes, at the end of the day, it's just baseball. Just get over there and throw the ball. You know, yeah. you don't need to shake off eight signs. Just throw the pitch. Come on. We got places to go, people to see. Gosh. We got buffets to go to and eat, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, yeah. let's take a break. We'll come back. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live <laughs> on tap. And when we return, we will talk to some Pirate greats, Marcus Crandall and Pernell Griffin, former East Carolina linebacker. That's on the way on Pirate Radio Live. More to go after this. To hour three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Fifth Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room is your favorite place in downtown Greenville for lunch, dinner, or drinks with friends. Fish Street Hardware serves lunch and dinner Tuesday through Sunday, plus brunch starting at 1030 on Saturdays and Sundays. Follow Fish Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room on Instagram for the latest events and specials. Fish Street beside the State Theater, Fish Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Flip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. News of the day, we have a kickoff time for ECU's home opener against Marshall. It'll be 4 o'clock at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Should be a packed house, but if you aren't at the game, you can watch it on the U, ESPNU. So we got that news earlier today. Now the first four uh, kickoff times have been announced for East Carolina football. It'll be noon at Michigan on Peacock. You got Peacock, Wes? Oh, yeah. All right. So Wes is ready to go for ECU Michigan. Week two on ESPNU, 4 o'clock against Marshall. Week three at App State, 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Week four against Gardner-Webb. That'll be 6 o'clock on ESPN Plus at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, we have really enjoyed Marcus Crandall uh, getting up with some of his old teammates, coaches, and classmates because we've taught some basketball as well 
Uh, but last week we talked to Pernell Griffin, and Marcus uh, usually joins us at this time on Thursdays. He's going to be out of town for a couple weeks. But uh, we've got some interviews coming your way uh, that we have recorded, including a great one here with Pernell Griffin, former pirate linebacker. Uh, talked to him last week, and uh, let's pass part of that interview on to you right now. First of all, uh, Pernell, awesome to to <laughs> shake your hand. I was a big fan back in the day, but uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you, Cliff and uh, Marcus, for having me. Uh, certainly a blessing to be here. Um, Marcus, he hit me up, and uh, we got together and, you know, set a date. I told him I'll be here. So it's good to be here, man. Uh, good to be back in Greenville. I tell you what, it's a, a certain feeling that, that, that come upon you. <laughs> I don't know if Marcus had the same feeling, but... Uh, when you come back to where you spent, you know, four years of your life and uh, you were very inspirational and, you know, you kind of did some things that people kind of looked up to is certain type of feeling that you receive, you know, when you're coming back. It's a welcoming feeling, you know, uh, almost like you want to just stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. So catch us up on what you're up to today, Pernell. Where, where are you living? What are you doing these days? Uh, currently, uh, I'm married. I've been married now. Uh, this year will be 18 years I've been married. Um, we have four beautiful children, um, currently living in Rocky Mount, uh, North Carolina. Um, got into uh, coaching a little bit at uh, Northern Nash High School uh, a couple of years ago. Um, my youngest son, he played, uh, got injured back in October of uh, 2021, 20, uh, I believe. Uh, had a compound break mm. and um, had about five surgeries. I mean, Lord oh, bless man. him, man. Uh, he was able to come back, and he's actually playing this year. Wow. So he's a junior this year, uh, this year uh, coming up. So just kind of been in that area uh, currently, um, work for Cummins, Rocky Mount Engine Plant. I'm a uh, operations manager. Um, been doing that uh, two <coughs> years, um, go, uh, going on two years. Um, also been working with uh, Coach Connors. Uh, Coach Connors has a coalition um, called the Armored uh, Life. So kind of been doing that uh, with him, uh, been sitting in that sports objective and uh, kind of been going over some some things, taking a holistic approach to athletics. Um, you know, we do leadership uh, development. We also do uh, spiritual, mental uh, development. Um, student athletes, they need that type of guidance. And so that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be impactful, man. We want to awesome. be impactful. Um, you know, we got kids that are coming up, um, really didn't have the, when I was coming up, really didn't have the, the resources that had individuals to actually be, mentoring and impactful on the college level and so you know shouts out to uh, coach connors and uh his team man for you know getting that done absolutely marcus there's a theme to a theme let me say this real quick a theme with the guys you brought on and and guys you've known with uh of course tabari snoop wallace and what he's doing with jermaine smith who we talked to last week larry shannon's a coach everybody is giving back whether it be their football knowledge or life knowledge and that's kind of been a theme with these interviews we've done here man it's great man and glory be to god man because uh coach connors is going to be on the show again uh i'm not sure if he's been on before but he's going to be on the show uh coming up soon as well uh and to discuss those things and um i mean and giving back in in a way that um which is in a way that glorifies god and and um coach connors and i have had this conversation in regards to you know sports and athletics and anything that we do in life and uh everything starts with god and so um however we find a way to give back to people and um 
with with people of believers, we man, we think that's the first thing that we, uh, we, we the way we approach people in regards to growth um, on the field, off the field, and all those things. And um, each individual is different, uh, but it's awesome to uh, give back to uh, to kids the way um, Parnell has and Coach Connors has. Uh, many athletes, man, and uh, just many people in general who, who do things for people that are coming up in, in the world. Talking to Marcus Crandall, Pernell Griffin, and Pernell, you said you, you enjoyed coming back to Greenville, feeling the love. <laughs> According to a vote in 2013, you are uh, in the top six all-time linebackers ECU history. And uh, I don't know if you even remember this. Maybe you that, do. That's awesome. Um, but I, I had forgotten about this. So for the 50th anniversary of Dottie Ficklin Stadium, there was a vote on the all-time teams uh, at East Carolina. And first-team linebackers, uh, some great names, Robert Jones, the Hall of Famer, obviously, George Coons, who played with the Packers, and Jeff Carr, uh, who was a great here at East Carolina. Second team, you had Quentin Cotton, uh, who was good in the mid-2000s. Danny Kepley, who I read was a CFL Hall of Famer, Marcus. That's pretty Edmonton cool. Eskimo was at the time, now Elks. And then also uh, on that list is Pernell Griffin, uh, second team all-time ECU linebacker. So, And it had all your accolades here. You had uh, a game against Wake Forest where you had 24 tackles. I want to ask you what you felt like after that game. But uh, <laughs> uh, what, what does that mean to you, to hear that you're put in that high regard, Pernell? Uh, that means a lot, man. Like I said, man, uh, I thank God for that. I thank God for his grace and mercy, um, you know, enduring all of those hits, um, you know, injury that I um, uh, had uh, back in my junior year where I tore my MCL. Um, the Lord blessed me to be able to come back from that. And so, man, nothing but his grace um, and his mercy that I, that I was able to achieve those accolades. Um, it, it, it's a blessing, man, just to, just to know, you know, that my name after about over 20 years, you know, people still consider me as being one of those, you know, top athletes. So I'm grateful. Um, one of the uh, mottos that I live by is that the life I live is not for me, but it's for you, which meant that the experiences that I've had is not for me to take to my grave, but it's for me to sow into other people, um, you know, just to try to let them know that if football don't work out, their life still has value. So that's um, that's kind of where I am now. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Now, Parnell, yeah. we, we share a similar experience in regards to uh, we both come from a small town <laughs> <laughs> yeah. from Williamston, North Carolina. And uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what that means to you as far as um, coming from a, a small town, coming to a place that's very close to home uh, in, at ECU uh, to play football and then uh, have your people, your family and friends and everybody who else supported you through high school. Right. Being able to share that experience with you, how was that? How does that feel for you? Yeah, it, it was great, man. Uh, and to be honest, please don't shoot me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, um, in, in 1995, I went to a Carolina football camp, and I met Matt Brown. Uh, Matt Brown had offered me my junior year to go to uh, uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Um, at that particular time, I didn't accept. I told him, you know, I would consider it. Just so happened that he ended up going to Texas that same year. Mm. And uh, Coach Jared McManus, uh, he was a running backs coach um, here at ECU. He continued to uh, recruit me. So I said, you know what, um, Coach McManus and uh, Coach Logan, they, they seemed pretty sincere about, you know, what they wanted to do and, and, you know, their expectations. And so, you know, I said, well, I'll come here. It was close to home. Um, I live 30 minutes down the road. Um, really didn't hear too much about ECU growing up. Um, 
I heard about Mark C. Uh, going there from Roanoke, and I said, well, you know what? I, I consider it um, going there. Um, I was uh, the number one recruit from the South uh, coming out of a 1A school. Um, I was, you know, top 10 in the country uh, in my position. Um, was able to attend the Shrine Bowl and East-West All-Star Game. And like I said, I only had 99 seniors that I graduated with in high school. Um, only had maybe about four or 500 students total in the school. And so I tell anybody, you know, it, it doesn't matter the size of the school. If you can play, um, the recruits, they'll come and find you. Um, and, and that was a great experience for me. Um, had an opportunity to, to go back and touch many lives. And small town, probably a population of what, Mark? It's probably about four, 5,000 maybe. Yeah, maybe. In the county. Yeah. I, I know Robinsonville is smaller. <laughs> right. So if Robinsonville, when I was growing yeah. up, was about 2,000. Right. And it yeah. might not even be that now. So, um, yes, absolutely. Before we move on from high school, being 1A and the player you were, did uh, did you go both ways? Did you drive the bus? Like, did you do everything <laughs> for that football team? I did. I did. Actually, I didn't come off the field. Um, Coach uh, Harold Robinson, um, thankful for him. Um, He had me playing on the field. But what I did to prepare for that experience, I I did a lot of off-season work. So I did a lot of running from my house to what we call Gaylord Perry Park Mm. and back, worked out. And so I did a lot of things during the summer to prepare me for that because I was expected to stay on the field. Um, You know, we had, you know, 18 uh, 22 players um, at that time. And I said, well, you know what? You know, Coach, his mindset, he want the best guys on the field. So I said, well, I'm going to get my body in shape and uh, work out to where I can stay on the field and not come off. Um, and, you know, there were times where, you know, you play and you leave it all out in the field and you can hardly even make it to the locker room. And those were the nights that I really appreciated because it was, you know, how bad did you want it? Um, a lot of the kids that uh, we ended up winning the 1A state championship in 95, I kind of played with them when I was 9, 10 years old, uh, playing in Parks and Rec. Um, you know, we played f- from 9 to 10 years old all the way up until, you know, my junior, senior high school. And so that camaraderie that we built um, allowed us to be able to compete, you know, on that high level um, in the state championship game. So. Uh, we played with a chip on our shoulder, um, to be honest with you. We were a small school. Um, I was probably about the tallest person on my team. Um, our offensive line average probably about 200 pounds. Um, you know, our defense were the same way. Um, and so, you know, I was on kickoff cover. I had a couple of block punts. Um, I played tight end, played wide receiver. I played a little bit of fullback. Um, coach had me play inside and outside linebacker. I played defensive end. So wherever, you know, I could help the team, um, that's where Coach had me, and I was very appreciative of that. Man, that's what um, the 1A level does, right, in in regards to, of course, I can relate, but uh, in a lot of areas of of what you just spoke of. What, did they put you on defense, Marcus, or was your arm too pretty? I played free safety, and and again, (laughs) we share a lot of experiences that that are alike. Um, I was recruited by the uh, University of North Carolina as well, uh, but they were one of the teams that wanted me to come play uh, defensive back as a as a player. So uh, I declined and uh, chose ECU. But um, but again, yes, I played offense. I played free safety uh, on defense. And um, the one thing I didn't do or things that I didn't do was uh, play on the kickoff team, kick return. I actually punt it 
and uh, did some kickoffs. <laughs> well, you said Randall Cunningham. You were a fan of his. He he did a little punting. I yes, remember indeed. he had like a ninety-yard punt. One yes, day. yes, he did. <laughs> so Purnell and 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 Marcus, if you can jump in if you want. But the, when you were talking about that off-season conditioning, now that is kind of expected of guys. I don't know if it was maybe back in the the nineties or whatever, but. All that work you did and being on the field, I've heard some horror stories about Jeff Connors and the workouts. <laughs> were you at all prepared for those? Because it sounded like you were getting your work in even before you came to ECU. What was what was that like when you got here? I'll tell you what, man. I thought I was prepared. <laughs> 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 and like I tell him all the time, I said, Coach, I said, man, let me tell you something. I said, when I first got here, um, probably about the first month or so, I called home. I told my mom, I said, listen. I said, you know, there's absolutely no way in the world we're supposed to be doing this. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking in, in about? In those temperatures that we were doing, <laughs> right, right, right. She's like, what are you talking about? I, I said, Mom, I said, look, I'm coming home. And she said, well, uh, talk to your brother. My brother, he played at uh, Ante um, back from 93 to 97, uh, started center. He was highly recruited like Jeff Saturday. Um, and he was like, well, bro, he said, well, just stick it out. He said, you know, if it doesn't get better, he said around August or September, he said it gets better because a lot of the students come back to campus. You're not there with just the team. And um, I said, okay. I said, well, I'll stick it out. And I tell you what, it was the best decision, man, that I've ever made. Um, Coach Connors, man, the conditioning that we did, we were probably only about one or three schools that actually did the 110s, the yeah. 300s, the practicing three times a day, the uh, winter conditioning. Um, man, it, it was something else. Um, and, you know, he, he would have that music thumping in the locker room, yeah. in the uh, weight room. And, man, he had guys excited, man. And I tell you what, uh, Coach Connors, um, his investment into his uh, student-athletes, um, man, he, you know, anybody respected him to the point that they would actually run through the wall mm-hmm. if he asked them to. And that's the, the type of influence that Coach Connors had. Um, and still have. Um, you talk to him, he can get you excited. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was a wonderful experience, man. Absolutely. Yeah, and Coach Connors, man, he's, um, he, like you said, to this day, he's still the same. And um, But, I mean, it, it, uh, you, you can never prepare or coming from high school to college the first year as a as a freshman you can't prepare for what we went through man it uh because i i myself just like you i did some all season you know i, I actually ran track my senior year of high school to kind of help prepare and stay in shape so to speak for uh for acu and all the things that we're getting as far as the uh workouts that were concerned but uh, to get there and then have to do that test when we first got here, man, it was uh, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So does it get easier by year three or four? Or is it the same hell? <laughs> you know, because I mean, as as you accomplish and get better, the the standards you got to do more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You can't so ever get catch it, it up. It becomes that fourth yeah. quarter, man, and that's he's got you chasing that carrot <laughs> man, until just, you graduate. Yeah, we just bought into it, man. Yeah. Everybody that came in, we just bought into that, and we had that mindset that we're going to change this program around and that, that's what the uh mentality was from the beginning and uh everyone was on that same one accord yep. and um and we did what we did and we did it great yep. part one of the interview with marcus crandall and pernell griffin we'll take a time out come back have more of that and also make you a winner here on a thursday edition of pirate radio live we'll take a break come back more with pernell griffin and marcus crandall when we return after this
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program at the Appliances Superstore. They make buying appliances easy, just that simple. The Appliances Superstore has the largest selection of in-stock appliances in eastern North Carolina, which helps their customers save money every day. The Appliances Superstore offers a 12-month warranty on every appliance, plus will deliver and set up your new appliances and remove your old ones. The Appliances Superstore offers 264 behind the new DMV or shop them online at appliancessuperstore.com. Remember, they make buying appliances easy at the Appliances Superstore. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Wes Hines filling in for Shirley Rhodes. Chandler Wesley. Honeycutt here on a Thursday. Let's get you back to more great pirate football talk with Marcus Crandall and Pernell Griffin. Let's hear more of that interview, Wes. Here's part two. Talking to Pernell Griffin and uh, and Marcus Crandall and and Pernell, I thought about this. You, I was a big fan of yours, and you had you had a couple of things. You had a cool name. Pernell's a cool name, so you had that. <laughs> I thought the forty seven was cool because a lot of line and it's different in college, but linebackers are wearing in the fifties, and the, I thought the forty seven was cool. I'm wondering, did you care about? your look and the swag or whatever like guys do these days or were you out there playing did you care at all about all that other stuff well to be honest I think uh, I didn't care until we had those uh, games we played on ESPN <laughs> <laughs> when the lights were on, on the TV yeah you gotta look good man uh, I believe it was Deion Sina said you look good you play good there you go um, we had you know wristbands that we would you know put on our elbows oh, yeah. and you know we didn't have all the the extra stuff but we did have wristbands we had I didn't have a towel you didn't have the towel <laughs> like the receivers <laughs> right the, those guys yeah, right. <laughs> right. But me and I'm Jeff, not gonna include myself in that <laughs> yeah me and Jeff we would do like some curls or something like that <laughs> put on like some Vaseline or something you know but <laughs> well, well, that's but, awesome. but other than that man no nah, oh. we just went out um, went out and played you know, did what we had to do. I want to ask you about some of your favorite memories. We usually, we've been wrapping up conversations with that, Marcus, so I, I will hold that. But how about uh, post-ECU? Uh, you played, and Marcus, you've talked about the NFL Europe and things like that. You were a, a part of that, right? Right, right. Um, had an opportunity um, as a free agent. I signed with uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I did get released um, during the last uh, preseason game um, back in 2002. Uh, went to NFL Europe and played for two teams. Um, played for Amsterdam Admirals, and uh, also played for the uh, Frankfurt Galaxy. Um, those were two pretty um, good experiences. The only thing that um, that really didn't sit well um, was that if a player got injured um, or if a team was at a disadvantage in the position that you played, they would actually trade you. Like no questions just, asked. No yeah. questions yeah. asked. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I, I need for you to get on a, a bus or train or plane. I need for you to fly here mm. and play for this team. Yeah, and that's that's what pretty much happened with me. Um, um, we did training camp down in Florida. Um, they were talking about how good I was and and how you know good I was as a uh, free agent coming through playing in the game. And then what happened? Um, I got released. Actually, I got released from NFL Europe. Two weeks later, they called me back. When they called me back, I was on a plane in Barcelona within two days. Didn't play the first week. An individual got injured in Frankfurt Galaxy that next week. I was back on a plane back in Germany. Wow. Um, and I had to start. 
Now, I got the playbook on Thursday, and I had to make sure I was ready to go that Saturday. And so I started. um, I believe I had about 10 tackles, just kind of played off instinct. And then I played there for uh, three weeks. Another player got injured on Amsterdam. I, I went back to Amsterdam, finished the season at Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was a lot of you know going back and forth, and um, that was something that just really didn't sit well. And so, you know, I prayed about it, and I asked the Lord to lead and guide me um, to what He would have me to do because I had got my degree in uh, IT. Um, I had already had uh, two children at the time, and I wanted something more stable yeah. um, so that you know I can be able to provide for them. So, um, got into the school system or what have you, but. That was a great experience, man. Um, got to play against. I don't know if you remember uh, Mari Smith. Um, he played at uh, A&T, ended up playing with San Francisco and um, did some things there. Got the chance to play with um, quarterback in Jacksonville. I think he backed up David uh, Garrard. I forgot his name. It was, uh, was it Quincy? Hmm. Uh, I forgot his name, but um, got a chance to play with a couple of guys. Um, Cowboys you know, had a Quincy. It wasn't that Quincy, was it? No. Okay. Uh, Matthew uh, Hatchett, he played uh, beside Chris Carter um, at Minnesota. Um, Guys like that. So, got a chance to play with them. And then, of course, in training camp, you know, against uh, Jerome Bettis and and Amos Zaraway. Famous famous. Amos. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, yes. Pirate fans remember him, unfortunately. Quincy Quincy Carter Carter was the Cowboys guy. That was, yeah. Yeah, Quincy Carter. Georgia, right? Right. Right, 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 yeah. Did you ever go? Uh, yeah. Did you ever meet the bus? Yeah, you know, head to head. As a matter of fact, um, when I hit him, um, that was one of the, the 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 great highlights of my training camp. Um, they did a um, what they call a delayed uh, draw, and you know mm-hmm. I dropped back and I saw it. And I was able to come up, and we stuck each other. And man, mm-hmm. he was talking about it. And then the uh, now, now tell me about that moment, man. <laughs> tell me about that moment because uh, I don't know if you remember the, the name Steve Atwater and oh, uh, Christian Okoye. Yeah. Yeah. Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know when you yeah. when you drop back into your drop, I'm thinking right. and uh, thinking pass, and then you read the run, right. you read the draw. Yeah. Uh, tell tell me about that moment because I've yeah. never experienced that uh, from a from that level uh, right. in regards to coming up and having to hit the running back and now this running back is Jerome Bettis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was um it was pretty cool, man, because like I said, I got back in my drop, uh went hook curl. And when I dropped hook curl, I saw it was a, a run play. When I came up and I met him in the gap, it was a thud. It was just like two uh you know, two bulls. Yeah. It's just bah! <laughs> and we both stopped and he stopped. And I was like, yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, 44, I see you. So it, it, it was pretty cool, man. And then, um, you know, he caught a swing out route. When he caught a swing out route, um, of course, I was scraping inside out and uh, pushing him. And then my defense coordinator at the time, uh, I think his name was uh, Tim Lewis. Yeah, I think Tim, yeah, his last name was Lewis. I don't know if his first name was Tim or not, but he got on me talk noise about, hey, if you injured him, you know, you, you do this, that, and the third. And <laughs> so I was like, well, I got to eat, too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, head coach was Bill Cower Bill Cowher. That year? Yeah. So what, what was it like playing for him? And I've heard the stories and, <laughs> and uh, you know, his passion for coaching and right. the game of football. Um, so from a first-hand experience, give us a yeah. little insight about that. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was business. It was, it was straight business with uh, Coach Cower. Um I remember a time where um, I had dropped back, um, and I was supposed to carry the progress, progressive number two receiver 
up the field. And I was running with him, and he did an out route. And when I came underneath to try to pick it off, I didn't know that he was already in the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) So I hit the receiver. And he was like, that was a cheap shot, 44. They never call you by your name. They just call you by your name. That was a cheap shot, 44. Next time you do that, you be on the first bus back home, this and the third. And I was like, well, coach, I didn't know he was in the end zone. I'm looking at him playing the ball. But but he's a good guy, man, good, serious. I mean, when he gets between those white lines, very serious um, gentleman. Really didn't have any conversation outside of that with him. But um, he, he's very serious. Yeah. Um, I, I found out he was – the well, Raleigh, yeah, yeah. Okay, it was NC State. In fact, every year that every year after a state coach would have a bad year, the rumors Bill Coward NC State would start. That was a thing for oh, like okay. twenty oh, years really. while he's been on TV, <laughs> and uh, it never came to fruition. Obviously, yeah. I like him on TV, and I also like looking at the old clips of him when he when he get mad and make that yeah. face mm-hmm. and have spit on the side of his mouth. And, uh, Awesome stuff. Great stories with uh, with Cornell. That was a good face there, Marcus, you just made there. All right, uh, we'll have a little bit more with Pernell Griffin and Marcus Crandall coming up in just a moment. But right now, we'll make somebody a winner, Wes Hines. Can we open up the old booty bag here on a Thursday and make somebody a winner? I, wait, wait, wait a minute, man. I'm, I'm trying to get it up here. Hold uh, on. Why, are you, why are you manning me? <laughs> Come on, man. He sunned me while he uh, Hey, guy. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Hey, pal. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Wes, I don't like when you call me man. Aren't you, aren't you a man? Yeah, but it sounded combative. It sounded like... I don't know. You were brushing me off or something. No, that's not me. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Hey, right, Chandler, what we're giving away. There you go. What are we giving away, man? So we've given away Downey's Wood Ducks tickets. Yes. I don't think we have given away a lunch for two at Tiebreakers. We did yesterday. All right. Sure well, did. We did yesterday. How about a $10 gift card to Familia? <laughs> I like when you in your sentence going high like that. Um, did we give? I think we gave that away. Maybe you did. Okay, what's next? Uh, how about a place we went to last night? A gift card I received because I won. AJ McMurphy. AJ McMurphy's on the line. Three one seven twelve fifty. We'll go caller number four right now. Three one seven twelve fifty. More with Marcus Crandall and Pernell Griffin when we return after this man. to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Brown and Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in Eastern North Carolina since 1937. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com. Or visit them on Greenville Boulevard, Brown and Wood, Greenville's number one dealership in the home of the Lifetime Powertrain Warranty. Now let's step back into PRL. Here's your host, 
Split Brock. All right. Congratulations to our winner of the AJ's gift card today. The Janice family going to be happy because Hugh was our winner today. Hugh Janice. Hugh Janice. What do you think, Chandler? I don't know, but I've spent the whole <laughs> break laughing so much. And I had to send it to you because I wasn't going to be able to do it. But Did he, he get us? But I don't. I swear he did. And if that's his name, I'm sorry if I'm laughing at your name, but that. Hugh Janice. Hugh, Hugh Janice. Congratulations to Hugh Janice, the winner of a $10 gift card to. Uh, or a ten dollar gift card to AJ McMurphy's, the best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink special, and is an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There is something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with, with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day, and I guess Hugh Janice is going to make it a AJ's day. I've got Hugh Janice's address because we have to mail the the card. I think we hand deliver it because I either want to meet a man who uh, has gone through life with the name Hugh Janice and shake his hand. Where'd you say he was? He's in Greenville. Okay, let's go. And I, I want to either that or we can expose, so we can find out the person's real name who called Pirate Radio and won and said their name was Hugh Janice. Hugh Janice. Yeah. I don't know, folks. I don't know. Oh, Hugh. I tell you what, we chuckled quite a bit, though. <laughs> I laughed so Because hard. I was coming, I answered the phones today. And. Well, I heard you say Hugh. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's a funny name. I always thought, and I even said, like, Hugh damn right, because I always say that. Yeah. Then I heard you say Janice. <laughs> and I thought to myself, uh oh. And then I went over there to see what you were writing down, and I just read it, and I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to pass out. All right, Hugh. We're uh, coming to see you, man. We're going to bring our $10 gift card to AJ's. Hugh Janice. And we're going to get the full backstory on the life of Hugh Janice. All right. Let's get back to our interview. Marcus Crandall, Pernell Griffin. Uh, we recorded this last week, and uh, we got a little bit more to go. So let's serve that up to you right now. Pernell, how about uh, how about ECU memories? We've we've been talking to those with Marcus and the old teammates, but what uh, I mentioned that Wake Forest game. Like, do you remember that game when you had twenty four tackles? I do. Um, I remember that game. Um, Coach uh, Rose, he was our defensive coordinator at the time, and he had said that I was on uh, three out of four plays. You know, I was in on the tackle three Man. out of four plays. So he said that you know he never had a linebacker to grade out. Um, being in plays that much. He was like, I was all over the field and I was even bringing the team water. <laughs> so so that, was, uh, that was pretty good, man. And anytime we played teams like that, and Marcus probably can attest to this, you know, it was, it was another gear. Anytime we had an in-state rival, anytime we played a big, big-time school, it was, you know, we, we shifted to another gear. Um, you know, the likes of Miami, uh, Wake Forest, Carolina, uh, Louisville, um, we also played like Syracuse. Anytime we played Syracuse, anytime you know, even if you know we play Army, Army uh, team wasn't as as big as ours. But man, they just had a won't die spirit, man. Yeah. So you, you always had to kind of keep the pedal uh, to the metal when you're playing against them. Uh, the Virginia Techs, um, you know, uh, Michael Vick. And I played against Al Clark and uh, Pegues and Sharon Steph. So that was my first year actually playing. So 
um, that that was uh, that was interesting. That Thursday night game when Vic came here. Were you? Yep, that, that, was, um, that was in '99. Man, that, the buildup for that game was awesome. Like it, it was, <laughs> and then the game didn't go so great. But uh, man, I, I still remember walking up to the stadium that night and just the electricity that yeah. was in it. I was actually here for that game. We needed you on the field, Marcus. <laughs> I don't know if you could have stopped. Uh, actually, their running back had a big game that game. I, was, I don't know if it was Suggs. They had so many running backs back then. Yep. Uh, but, Pernell, if you had – I guess you carried that chip from your high school because you, you came to the right place for that, like the, the underdog mentality and everything. You're not a Carolina guy, I can tell you that. <laughs> you went, you came to the right place. Uh, but it sounds like you, you kind of carried that chip over to, uh, to the college level and obviously your team – teammates had it and ECU Marcus has always had that that chip on the shoulder absolutely yeah so um that's that's pretty much what we did man um you know coming from a small school um we felt like we always had something to prove even when we played 2A 3A 4A um teams you know we scrimmaged against them or if we had them on our schedule um that was just something that my mom and dad they just kind of uh, embedded that in me not to back down from you know a challenge or a fight be you know held accountable for the decisions that you make be responsible um, but at the same time make sure you work hard outwork those who are in front of you and that's how you'll be seen and that's kind of how you know I raise my children you know listen you know you outwork the person in front of you um, and someone will see you and they'll recognize um, your work ethic and you know God he will add the increase so um, so just understand that, you know, working hard, it, it pays off. You may not see it just like I didn't see it when um, I was here those first um, couple of weeks of actually training. I want to go home. I didn't actually see it. But now, you know, I see it because things that people will stop um, will stop going after because it may get hard. That working out, that running up the stadium, that snake in the stadium with weight vests on your back, and all of those uh, offense versus defense competition, all those things that Coach Connors instilled in us, I see it now, you know, even in the workplace, you know, when uh, work gets hard and, you know, they add work on you, then, you know, I know I can handle it because if I can go through that, then I know I can go through this. So, um, we, we play like that. Even against um, Miami, we played like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't start out that way <laughs> because, you know, you had teammates that still didn't buy into the process and they still mm-hmm. didn't believe. But um, I was able to be inspirational in the locker room during halftime. And, I mean, it was it was so emotional during halftime. It was like, you know, guys, they, they were crying. They were crying. And, you know, they it was just so passionate about what we wanted to do. We had already spent uh, two weeks in South Carolina um, because of Hurricane Floyd. Um, and then, you know, guys only had like two pair of underwear and we trying to figure out what we needed to do. Coach, it, they, it was cooking on the grill to try to keep the morale up. Um, and then people have already done lost valuable things in their homes houses were flooded it it was just um, it was an amazing experience um, during that time and that built our character Um, because we we beat South Carolina I believe it was 21-3 then we came back couldn't even play in Dowdy Fick we had to play um, at Carter uh, Carter Finley Carter Finley Stadium and you know we did that we saw the diehard fans that that came man and it was so it was live and it was loud and man that you know adrenaline was flowing and then you know we we start out rough 
and then around about the middle of the third quarter, third quarter, it was a shift, and then it was it was lights out from there, man. So we um, we banded together. Um, we forgot about what was going on in Greenville, so we could focus on what was what needed to be done in Raleigh, and you know we took care of business. Um, but that's that's the type of attitude that you know guys coming together, working hard, knowing what we did for those two weeks, building that camaraderie, building that um, that fellowship, you know, with the brothers, we were able to get it done. So, yeah. one of the greatest games and memories I have uh, being at it was just uh, there's so many different. They need to make a thirty for thirty on it, really, because there's so many <laughs> different stories. And I'm a, I'm a Washington fan, uh, Purnell. So, in the mid two thousands. Portis and Moss were my guys, and it's a, and I'm watching them play for Washington. I'm like, man, I watched them play live, and ECU yep. beat these guys along with all the other yep. all pros they had on that roster. Just yep. crazy, and uh, I believe uh, my Conley Viking uh, brother Jamie Wilson uh, was in that game. Played well. Keith Stokes had some big, oh, yeah. just so yeah. many heroes yeah. in that game. It was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you had um, so they had uh, Nate Webster, Dan Morgan, uh, Reggie Wayne. Um, they had Kenny Kelly. Um, Portis wasn't even their starter. Their starting running back went down, and I remember he came in. It was, was a James a, uh, Jackson. Jackson. Yep. yep. They had James Jackson, uh, Clinton Portis, Al Payton. That was a uh, Walter Payton's son. Who was the tight end? I know. Was it Bubba? Uh, it was Bubba Frank. Bubba Franks. Bubba Franks. They, yep. they had uh, Benny Blades, Al and Benny Blades. Wow. They were stacked. They were stacked. <laughs> yeah, they, they were stacked, awesome. man. I tell you. And, you know, like I said, man, the guys that, you know, we didn't care, you know, who we went up against. It was kind of like David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we went in there. I think they were ranked maybe um, in the top ten. During, I might say that might have been ranked number nine. And, man, it was uh, it was all out, man. It was, you know, tooth and nail fight. Did you celebrate on the field with, with all this, the crowd rush and everything? What did you do right after the game? I had to duck because the field goal post. <laughs> they, they had tore the field goal yeah. post down. And I saw it. So I had to duck. I, I didn't have time to celebrate. Good. Oh, yeah. Glad you got out of the way of that. <laughs> yeah. It was an awesome feeling, man. I did. You know what? That's an, a great um, experience for, you know, what we talk about pirate fans in regards to, you know, we're, we're, we're a different type, man. Different breed. <laughs> different breed. They are a different type <laughs> in regards to. And, and I really don't know what it's like to, uh, for other teams, but when you see, um, you know, someone, uh, a team goes from one venue to the next, you, you don't see as many. For me, I don't see it anyway. Uh, many fans travel to games and things such as our Pirates fans do. Uh, do yeah. It did back then as well. Uh, and continue to do, but um, it, it was a great experience, I'm sure, man, and, uh, to see yeah, that goalpost coming down and, <laughs> and uh, seeing the seeing those faces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, man. I tell you, uh, Mark Mark Gellock, he was very inspirational. I remember he, um, I think he might have broke his ankle or something like that, and um, he kind of looked at the fans and, and he was hopping on one leg. And he was like, "Let's go, let's go!" And, and man, it was like we was about to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Gell- who went on to uh, coach. Here at East Carolina, he was he was great to uh, to talk to. All right, we're about out of time. Marcus got uh, anything else for Pernell before we uh, let him get out of here? Just last thing, let's finish off with. Um, there's something else that you do. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. In regards to pastoring, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm a uh, youth pastor um, in Rocky Mount Ebenezer Baptist Church. Um, been doing that since uh, 2016. Started February the 16th. 2016. Uh, been there ever since. 
um, our youth is uh, they're growing um, as far as uh, spiritual development. Um, we also have um, uh, different youth things that we're also doing. Um, and I um, run an organization called the Griffin Experiment. Um, the Griffin Experiment um, really hadn't time to do the extended camps, but I still do. Um, I take um, appointments. Um, basically, it's, it's similar to the Armored Life except for I'm hands-on with the uh, student-athlete. So we do uh, physical skill development, and then I bring in uh, different individuals to do uh, leadership development. And then we do devotional every day. And on that last day of camp, um, we extend the invitation, um, whoever, you know, want to receive salvation. So I call it altar call. We feed them. Uh, we give out shirts, um, trophies, um, um, or what have you. So um hadn't did that since 2015, but um, as far as the one-on-one skill development, that you still can receive that. And that's, um, like I said, they can just reach out to me. They got my contact information and go from there. I'm certified with USA football as well. So um, we teach and train, you know, any position um, because I play pretty much all. <laughs> you practice what you <laughs> preach. <laughs> so, so, awesome. we, so we pretty much provide that, that training. Um, so that's that's really good, man. But um, God has um, given me that assignment um, in Rocky Mount um, to be the uh, youth pastor. I'm there at Ebenezer, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Like I said before, it's only by His grace, man. Yeah, um, absolutely, that, man. that I'm able to do what I'm able to do. Um, and and you know what? In in today's world, is I'm, I'm um, uh, a personal testimony in regards to people just uh, sharing their faith nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up not really <laughs> letting people know that I was a believer okay. uh, because people thought that you know, a, lot, a lot of people thought that. God isn't real, right? Well, a lot of people still do, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it's 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 important for me now to express that, mm-hmm. and uh, and for me personally to understand that uh, Christ died for all of our sins yes. and uh, He accepts us for who we are, mm-hmm. and uh, and has forgiven us for everything that we've done. And that's the hard part for people that don't believe right. to uh, to to come to Christ and, and give their life to Him. Right. Amen. Um, Jesus, man, I tell you, He. Uh, he is the great I am, um, as we call him. Um, he's whatever you need for him to be. And the the most thing that I'm so grateful for is his forgiveness. Um, even though we're in what we're in, and sometimes we make the decisions that are not uh, advantageous to us, um, even though we, you know, make negative decisions or what have you, that he he has always been there. And he's get, he gives us the free will. He extends the free gift of salvation. And he gives it to us um and all we have to do is just accept it. Absolutely. So, so I'm so thankful um, for that. And man, I tell you, just like Marcus um, had mentioned about afraid to share your faith, man. That's that's how I was my um, my sophomore year. I got saved in 1999. And you know the guys, you know, there's just certain certain things that the guys do that I mean, you, because you're part of the guys, you would just do. Um, and then you know, as I grew. Well, as I matured spiritually, then I kind of had to separate myself as far as some of the things that they did to kind of focus on what God wanted me to do. And so, um, and so you know, we were able to touch touch lives, um, share our faith. Um, from the Griffin experiment, uh, I was inspirational in 300 people uh, being saved. So um, God has really blessed us in that. Um, they got certificates and they, they have, um, but we have a charge we we 
charge them to do certain things as far as being a positive citizen within their community. And so they received that and they got a uh, uh, picture frame for it to where they can post it. They sign it. I sign it. We come to an agreement. So um, I still reach out to those uh, student athletes, um, talk to them, encourage them. I attend their graduations because now when I started back in 2013, those individuals have graduated. Some of them have graduated from high school. Some of them are in college. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I reach you know, back out to them, talk to their parents or what have you, and, and still do that. So, man, we're, we're going to revisit this later on down the road because okay. we're going to have a, a different pirate show, <laughs> a radio show at some point uh, down the road. Yeah, we, we appreciate this, man, and, and you sharing those experiences in, uh, in your life uh, yeah. as a is right now with us. Uh, we appreciate that. And once again, Mark is just a common theme uh, with these guys. Just uh, tremendous men and uh, Purnell. Just awesome that you are. You know, giving back, giving knowledge to the youth that maybe you maybe wished you had. I guess back then yeah, to, yeah. to help God and uh, and things like that. But Purnell, been awesome uh, talking with you. And uh, won't, listen, we got to do this again. We got more stories <laughs> to tell, right? Yes, yeah. indeed, man. All right, Marcus Crandall, Purnell Griffin, awesome uh, talking to Purnell for almost an hour last week, and we split it up into parts to play it on this show, and uh, certainly want to get him back on to tell more old pirate stories. That was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll have another great interview. Marcus and I talked to Carlister Crumpler earlier this week. We'll air that for you on Friday's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Great chat with the ECU legend, so got that coming up. Wes, uh, before we get out of here today, give us our stock market report. All right, and your uh, Wells Fargo Advisors stock market report. The Dow is up 169 at 33,834. NASDAQ is up 133 at 13,239. And the S&P 500 is at 4,294. That's up. 2641 on your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Flawless. Thank you, Wes. Well done. By the way, got breaking news. What you got? I have uh, the Hugh Janus. Hugh Janus. Hugh Janus. Uh, it is Adam Vavaret, who is a huge, uh, uh, huge anus. He is a huge anus. Um, but Adam Vavaret from Jungle, Jungle yeah. one of the Jungle guys. Uh, All right. He did tell me, he said, huge anus here. Gotcha. I don't know if you remember, but a couple years ago at our Jungle tailgate, I told you I wanted to win the booty bag as huge anus. <laughs> so he's playing the long game. And he said it finally happened. So, Way to go, Adam. Uh, yeah, Adam, congrats. I tell you what, we had a good laugh, a uh, good, good hearty laugh about that. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard. Cue it up, Wes. It's time to wrap it up. All right, wrap it up, Wes. Let us know. We're going to miss a break, so let us know what commercials we're going to play in that break real quick. All right. Uh, Let me over here oh boy it's gonna be carolina caliber company carolina caliber her granddaddy uh got it going on (laughs) her granddaddy started a long time ago that's right protect yourself yep get your gun all right jersey mike everybody likes jersey mike everybody likes jersey mike they've got danny devito as their spokesman that's right i mean what are you talking about all right what else steve and brian 
Oh, I believe Steve with Brian. Hey, Steve and Brian. <laughs> when I think of guys I want to talk to, I think about Steve and I think about Brian. I want Steve to be with Brian. You can't get one without the other. You tell me I can get Brian, I'm like, where's Steve? That could be uh, Town Bank. I'm you, not sure. You say Steve's here, I say, where's Brian? Steve and Brian. Yeah. All right. And we got Wally's Killer Corn. Oh, dude. We have an empty bucket over here of That's better right. butter. By the way, my favorite, better butter. Mm-hmm. If you've heard the commercial, go buy a see Wally. Get you some popcorn. They have all kinds of different um, flavors. If you're having a movie night. Uh, watching a ball game? Chandler and I watched the ball game. Took down an entire bucket. If you're watching a ball game, if you're if it's a movie night, go and get you some popcorn from Wally's. Hanging out with Steve and Brian. Grab some popcorn. All right, how about uh, Warren's? Warren's Hot Dog Pizza. Homemade lemonade. Delicious hot dogs. They've got awesome pizza. Um, they have The all, turnovers. All Try the, the turnovers. The, tur- the apple turnovers. Peach turnovers. Peach turnovers. Lemonade. So good. I think last week I had six all by myself. Hot dogs? Yeah. Attaboy, Wes. Attaboy. Mm-hmm. Here you go. You all ready? Right, uh, Phelps Chevrolet. Phelps Chevrolet is the one for you. Low, low prices, service too. See the big dealer right away. Carolina's finest. Phelps Chevrolet. Always sports bar. Huh? Coco Sports Bar. Uh, Chandler, (laughs) tell the folks about Coco's. Coco's. uh, Probably one of the best. You like chicken wings? Yes. One of the best deals in town for any restaurant. They have $1 wings Monday through Wednesday. Monday through Wednesday, they also have lunch specials. For example, I can't remember what day it is, but you can get a Philly cheesesteak, four traditional wings, side of fries for 15 bucks. Dang. So if you're hungry for lunch, go see Coco's. I, go see them for dinner as well. Saw my guy Rajay Harris tweeting about how much he liked Coco's last Coco's night. Coco's Sports Bar. Go my check guy. them out. My guy. All right. And the last one is the Wood Ducks opening day. Woody's. Go see them. Hey, we got a homestand coming up next week. I just cut a commercial. We'll put it out there, I believe, tomorrow. I believe they're uh, playing the Cannonballers. Hit the music, Wes. <clears throat> yeah, cue us up. Um, so, hit us. Cue us up, man. Sorry. I love you, Wes. He's a good man. <laughs> I mean, hey. even, even Clip told the, um, the person you were talking about a while ago, uh, good Thanks for talking to you, man. You said the very same thing. So Wes, you I'm said I'm not it. the only one that says man. You said it to me I angrily. I say every. I call everybody man. All right. I don't call you Bud. I don't call you um, Susie. <laughs> Susie. <laughs> don't call you Susie. <laughs> I call you man. All right, man. Wes, thanks for hanging out, man. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Chandler, we'll I'll see you man. tomorrow. Uh, 3 o'clock Friday. What a show. Back with you then on Pirate Radio Live for the man of Chan, Wes the Mess. I am Clip Rock, Jeff Charles. Take us home. Have a great night, Eastern yes. Carolina. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.